Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 457. This is your guide to the geek side. I am one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, a man with very little snow on the ground in Minnesota. Joined by Charlie Carton. Do, 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 do. We had a little dusting of snow today, too, and uh, it's gone. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to taunt winter, but uh, thanks, winter. That works for me, especially since I drive all over the place for my job. I don't need to be driving a damn snowstorm, so I am all right. But, hey, doesn't that satisfy our usual chat about the weather? So what's more exciting... Uh, is to welcome everybody to the show. Glad to have you back. Uh, and then also to give some special love and consideration to the fine folks who are part of our Secret Friends Unite Patreon over at patreon.com slash secretfriendsunite. Go there, check us out, and get a free one-week trial uh, to check out all of our fun additional content. There's more there all the time. Stuff comes out weekly. Uh, there's a catalog of stuff going back over almost the last year that we've been, over the last year, I think, that we've been doing it. So yeah, we'd be very excited to share it with you but our top patreons include on the friends with benefits level john sedorf the fantastic phoenix sisters cosplay brendan myers uh the asian sith mistress great cosplayer Corey in hd great friend of the show and music enthusiast matthew keel the bffs level as always includes the awesome nias family sean stella and henry and my dear friend and frequent contributor to this network missy merchant so thank you Everyone, please do again visit patreon.com slash secret friends unite. Uh, give us a one week trial, and if you like what you're hearing, feel free to stick around. So, Todd, anything else before we jump into this fantastic selection you found for us on the cover front? Correct. So, uh, just let everybody know this is year 10 of Secret Friends Unite. It's kind of crazy because I was thinking I the numbers. I'm like, yeah, we started in 2014. Yeah. We actually did in 2014 a. Friendies Awards. So I was wow. looking at the number of us doing counting, and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. it's ten. This is we ten. We started year of doing yeah. the Friendies. We started in September because I had oh. seen Todd uh, here in Michigan the previous July when April and I got married. So that'll be ten years this upcoming July. Eleven years that we've been together in February. And uh, Todd, you had done some podcasting with other people. It had kind of run its course. And so, you know, at the end of that summer, you came to me and said, hey, I didn't have any familiar with podcasting. I didn't listen to any. I mean, the concept's not too hard to wrap your head around. But he said, why don't we give this a go? And uh, we started uh, th that fall. You know, and I sat, I sat on the little couch and we had a rental house. So there was a second floor They had a little den and I sat on the couch there and that's where I recorded. And that turned into not having a desk. So I laid on my bed and recorded and finally I got around to having the studio. Uh, but we've been doing it and, and, you know, we have people who enjoy our stuff and we just enjoy doing it. So that's, that's really where it's We're at, still so. alive, still doing yep. it. Uh, right. Many, many changes. Uh, right. And uh, you can always go back and listen to old ones if you're curious. I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that that first episode is even. I don't know how far well, back the website goes. I'll try. We did that intro for many, yeah. many more episodes, and like, yeah, that was a decision. I know. Well, you know what? You, you got to break a few eggs, right? Uh, and speaking of breaking a few eggs, the good folks at who the hell published this? I can't even tell. Uh, the good news is it was proved by the comics code, but there's a comic from 19. He jumped on the page here. 1956. December of 56 called <laughs> Girls in Love uh, for the price of 10 cents. 
uh, you get this uh, this fiery redhead. Oh, Clark! I wonder. You know what? Is it Superman? Is this a DC comic? I wonder this if that's is Clark. Not. It is and, not. You know, because look at how he's. Oh, I thought he was wearing overall. So I'm like, it's farm boy Clark Kent. She says, uh, "Oh, Clark, if you really love me, you'll give up this awful neighborhood and tough friends." In response, he says, "Look, Nancy, loving you doesn't mean I have to snub my old pals. Text box can love really change him." Uh, let me cut to the chase. It cannot. He is going to five minutes later. He was knifed, uh, knocking over a liquor store. And then the cops shot him 15 times. I guess um, he, he should have left the awful neighborhood. Yeah. Well, and like I said, it only 15. He didn't. He only had 15 minutes. He should have gotten in his, you know, 1940 Packard and driven away and gone to hang out with Biff Tannen and all those guys. So yeah, uh, I, I he, love the sub stories because apparently there is. Oh, right, right. Four yeah. Total stories. There's a wrong engagement is one of them. Kissless partner. I played second fiddle. I'm guessing kissless partner might be like the. The, the when she finally realizes he's actually gay and isn't really interested in her uh or i'm guessing the kissless partner in the i played it, it could all be one story if you think about it um but yeah it does all signs point to somebody one of the two people being a homosexual which is totally fine or or the one girl it's what we're they're really in the friend zone and she doesn't realize right it. Right, exactly. Oh, I know. Uh, I don't know. First of all, kudos to you, as always, for finding this. Uh, does it exist anymore? Who knows? Again, who's the publisher? It's in like a A-N-C tiny little... ANC is what I see. ANC. So okay, American gotcha. Novelty Comics, I'm guessing. Uh, and what's great is you obviously printed the back cover, which has like a very uh, Annabelle-looking kind of doll called the uh, once-a-year factory-to-you sale of the glamorous Janie Bride walking doll. That's That's Megan right there. That is oh what the hell yes. uh, factory sale price of two ninety eight now I'd have to get out my favorite app on my phone which is the inflation calculator to know what two dollars ninety eight cents is in nineteen fifty six dollars but it is a seven ninety nine value in retail stores so yeah, this is buying you know factory direct pr- passing the savings on to you uh, she walks she's eight eight inches tall so she's almost as tall as GI Joe okay. So oh, she would, she would actually be quite a pairing with G.I. Joe if, she, if he was around at this time. It'd still be another eight years before we see G.I. Joe came on 1964. Wash, comb, curl her hair, and then she comes with seven outfits. So uh, money back guarantee. Yes, get your $2.98 back if you are not a satisfied customer. So, Wow. I, yeah, I wonder. And again, what is that? Where, where does this money go? What's the name of the manufacturer? Is this like an early precursor to Hasbro? <laughs> Uh, it is the uh, Nervic Industries. So it's Nervic. Probably a defense contractor. This is how they subsidize making you know missiles to. I'm blowing to, it to up po- to point at Cuba. Enhance, <laughs> <laughs> enhance, enhance. Yes, oh, what is gotta love it. Oh, Chicago, Illinois Department. Oh, there you go. JB three hundred. Um, my favorite, Charlie, is the dresses you get. You get a party dress. Oh yeah, a yeah. Sheer, a, a sheer nightgown. No, 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 no sheer nightgown. Pass. <laughs> That's a, that, um, that's that's gonna be a no for me, dog. And uh, it's made of unbreakable plastic. Oh, <laughs> you know it was <laughs> it was funny. I was over at my buddy's house yesterday because I took on a consignment of toys to sell for him, and he's showing me around his Star Wars room. And he has remember those old uh, carry cases? There was the Darth Vader, and there yes, was the C three PO. And I had I have I had both of them. And I said this C three PO, and he had a, a later version. He had the Power of the Force version from the nineties. I had the eighties version from the Empire Strikes Back. I said this will easily survive being the back tire of a nineteen eighty. 
Subaru wagon when I left it in the driveway and my mother ran it over. It's very tough. It had the marks in it too. That's unbreakable plastic for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, so folks, if you're interested in this doll, Charlie did the calculations. Uh, it would be $35 today. So oh my goodness. the cost of like a baby doll. Yeah, it's, you know, so it's on par. So inflation uh, has spared at least this portion of uh, the industry. So, but I'll tell you what, Todd, if you're really interested in hearing about inflations and uh, inflations and about how bread used to cost a nickel and and, and you, they paid you to get gas, the person I'll bet you it'd be easiest to talk to would be our senior news correspondent uh, down to the corner of Hollywood and Vine, 124 years young. She just had a birthday, hung another one on the line on January 1. I am talking about Madam Webb. With our news and views, so let's go check it out right now. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Well, it's the Chinese, you know, they have an animal every year based on the the Chinese zodiac. Uh, It's the year of the dragon, but I truly believe it's the year of the spider slash web because Spunko is taking over and Madam Web, this is your year to shine. Um, right. I am so excited for you and I'm also excited for getting at least 20% of your proceeds. Oh, I can't believe. Yes, the Spumco proof that you don't need a Spider-Man to have a Spider-Man cinematic universe. <laughs> Not a not a, oh. not a Spider-Man uh, in the MCU sighting to be seen anytime no, soon. No, thank you. All right. Well, up first, we actually talked about this on Code 47, which uh, you potentially listened to yesterday as uh, these this uh, which because it drops on Monday. This drops on Tuesday. But uh, Patrick Stewart was on a podcast, and it was funny. I quoted, I don't know if, oh, it does say it in this article. This is a different article than we used. I used something over on Trek Movie, which is usually our source. But he was on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast which is a great place for a guy of patrick stewart's agents i, I know that was a softball i, I really did he, i really did didn't he know where he was he was like i said can someone get can someone get me a car i'm sorry sir patrick i should not be making fun of you but anyway he did he was talking about uh he he is quoted as saying i heard only last night about a movie script that is being written but written specifically with the actor patrick stewart to play in it stewart told josh on a newly released episode of uh, Happy That's Sad. That's very confused. weird. Yeah, that is weird. Is I know. he trying to like, is he talking about himself in the, th- the third person? Bob, Do- Bob like, Dole wants to be on Star Trek. Patrick Stewart does. <laughs> yeah. What was I don't understand what that. So that was the old Chris Rock. But yeah, I love me some me. Terrell Owens. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh my goodness. So anyway, yes, uh, it looks like the horizon the, the interview took place a couple of months ago when he was out promoting his book, which, uh, I have a copy of thanks to the folks in Simon, Simon and Schuster who gave me an advanced copy that I have to read. I apologize. Uh, but I will definitely read that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, there's been so much talk about this going round and round. And, uh, this morning on code, uh, it was Aaron and Peter and myself. None of us really felt a lot of enthusiasm enthusiasm for for continuing Picard's story. Picard season three, Picard the series was tough. First season, a little iffy. Second season, we don't talk about it. It was so bad. And the third season, generally speaking, was pretty great. Really did enjoy it very much. Um, so to me, I don't really see what else 
can be done with this character. Uh, I think they really put a great button at, you know, at the end of that episode, setting up Jerry Ryan's character of seven as the captain of the new enterprise uh, with Jack Crusher, Picard's son, you know, being a crew member and him meeting Q for the first time and kind of, you know, sprinkling out some breadcrumbs of, of what might happen with that. So I just don't really see how Picard could necessarily be a focus of a new film or be integral to a new film. Maybe that's not necessarily what this means, but I don't know. I, I I'm in the camp of taking a page from Todd's book that I would like to just kind of see Star Trek expand with new characters or take characters who are moving in a different direction that we've not seen for 50 gajillion episodes. You know, seven of nine hasn't had as much airtime as Picard. She's had quite a bit, but the characters change a lot. She's in a new situation. Um, and I think it would be more interesting to explore that than Picard is, you know, the grumpy old man um, doing who knows what. So I don't know. I don't know. Todd, where do you sit? You're, you're a trekker, but you're not quite as devoted as me, but I know, I know you have opinions because you've been on our show many, many times. Yeah. Um, I am curious because where Star Trek is right now, we've got, you know, some things that are going to end and then we've got rumors of things that are going to happen, but not much is seen with it. So I'm curious if this is, like they say, I don't know if this is a theatrical or like a movie, like the, what is it? Section, Section 31. Yeah. With 31 Michelle Yeoh. is also going to be a movie, yeah. but for uh, Paramount, Paramount Plus. Plus. Yeah. So that, I mean, uh, unless you're making Generations 2 where an old Picard crosses over with, uh, I don't know, Avery Brooks. He's, I don't know. What oh, my do. God. Yeah. You know, Avery Brooks, it's it's interesting because he doesn't act anymore. He's retired. He lives in, I believe, Princeton, New Jersey. His wife is an is is an, like adjunct on staff at Harvard or something. Like he lives in a is completely she the Harvard different... president that just got fired. <laughs> oh no, no, she's a oh maybe he could make an appearance on the new uh, reboot of Frasier, which is set at Harvard. Oh, that'd be great. Ooh. Oh, because they were both Starfleet captains. If you remember, Kelsey Grammer did have a guest starring role on TNG as a Starfleet captain once upon a time. Um, <laughs> hope not, but, uh, and plus I think we notice even by watching that documentary, the captains which came out in 2011, that he's maybe living on a different plane of existence from the rest of us. So we're not likely to ever see Avery Brooks again, the same way. We're not likely to see, uh, Jolene Blaylock who played to Paul mm -hmm. in enterprise. She's left, um, you know, she's left the industry or whatever it is. So, Oh really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. But she went on to him and wrote, you know, she, she got married, raising some kids and you know what, isn't that really the dream not to just work forever? Hey. I mean, yeah, it, it, it all, yeah, it all depends. doesn't mean she'll never come I back. I mean, I've left the industry and I, and the industry has been okay without me. You think so? I mean, but but so. really, what's in your heart? What's in your wallet? <laughs> so, exactly. Thank you, Capital One. Uh, but you this made me think, um, what if it's just a cameo? Cameo it, it works? Like, like maybe it's the, you know, Starfleet Academy. And he went you know? back to teaching, which he was doing maybe in season like two. Maybe a professor, maybe, and he's like showing up, or he, maybe he's a guest lecturer, uh, and that's part of that, mm -hmm. or something else. Maybe it's just a scene that is a flashback to something else that's important. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe there's he's got a smaller role within something bigger that could be continuing on that 
uh, I, time frame. Of I mean, shows. With, with so many characters, and again, you think about Star Trek Legacy, mm-hmm. which has been this hypothetical thing that's been floating out there since Picard ended, which is now coming up on coming up on a year. Because I know when we were on the cruise, which was almost a year ago, <clears throat> one of the cruise night events is they debuted that week's episode like a day early, and we're all well, actually, excuse me, they debuted it at midnight, which was hella late for the rest of us um, because it was going on. So if that was a year ago, then you know Picard wrapped you know, over nine, nine, 10 months ago. So since that time, then the strike happened in May. And so nothing happened, but the overall big picture is the, the Star Trek legacy. And where do we pick up those threads of Jerry Ryan's character going off and having Ed Spillier's, uh, Jack Crusher character join in. Um, but really there's a wealth of opportunity for characters from legacy. If that was truly the name of the show from every Trek production, of those who are still alive and because of the original series, we only have the three actors left. Um, and it got even, uh, Walter Koenig got a voiceover, uh, cameo in, uh, Star Trek Picard. I don't know if you knew that, but he was the president of the Federation whose voiceover you heard, uh, when earth was being attacked near the end of the series. So, but really DS nine actors, Voyager actors, DS nine seems to be the one area that they just have not. I mean, Except for Worf, who was in both, obviously. But beyond right. that, it feels like, you know, Kira. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, Dak. We've, uh, seen, we, we've uh, seen, well, you know, in some of the Dak characters. Dak isn't going to come back, right? Yeah. Because she's we've seen. Oh, uh, ter- oh, Terry. Uh, ter- Terry and, yeah. and I've met her a handful of times. She's a lovely woman. But no, that yeah. character was killed off. But yeah. uh, also, the young lady who played the second Dax, Esri Dax, who we met, I've yeah. also met her. And she's also lovely. But they do the circuit with, uh, you know, all the, you know, conventions and stuff. And But they, they're all still actors, you know. So the chance to bring them back, you know, Cole Meany, who was O'Brien, was a character who really only second to Worf, you know, did, you know, was he was on the seventh well, season of the show. Yeah. And he was on TNG. Yeah. Or, uh, uh, Alex, uh, Alexander Siddig or Sid, uh, Sid Fidel who played, uh, Dr. Bashir. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He's still acting. I think he was yeah. playing, uh, he played an actor. I just saw in something. I can't remember what it was. Well, he did a stint on game of Thrones as well, but then again, that's what it was. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was, yeah. But no, he's great. And he does the convention circuit, but again, a lot of these folks show up in Lower Anna Jackson, visitor. Yeah. She, then officer, she does, you know, I, I, da- I dance with her on the cruise during the big dance party we had. It was kind of fun. She's, she's super oh. cool. Yeah. She's super cool. I so believe she's a she, professional dancer now. <laughs> she actually, that is her background. She has always oh, been a professional cool. dancer. No, we didn't do any ballet. We were just dancing uh, to. Oh, music. okay. Not, yes. not, not break dancing or anything like that. Not, not with his, not, not okay. with these hips. Ouch. But anyway, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm an advocate of a guest star, a cameo, but certainly something focusing on the character doesn't so, really, doesn't really speak to me. When is the next big Trek like event uh, where they they could drop something like like that's uh, good. oh like an an event event the cruise yeah the cruise okay so yeah. they they do drop things like they make an announcement we, there or something. Well, unfortunately, during the cruise last year, it was announced that Discovery was ending yeah. <laughs> because that was actually sure. a phone call that poor Doug Jones got one morning and then he came and did a panel somebody put on the intercom on the ship yeah you're done (laughs) you shouldn't be listening to this yeah it's it was it was an episode of ray donovan you're done (laughs) okay but i'm just uh, wondering there's just gotta i mean obviously they have things to show like maybe academy or something like that i mean there's gotta be a time when they would do that well right right now production production wise uh strange new worlds is now filming it again which Mm -hmm. is exciting this is the reason why jonathan frakes isn't going to be on the cruise he had to cancel because he's in toronto directing which is awesome um but uh you know we know uh you know prodigy is back on netflix is being very successful the next thing where i would imagine we'd be expecting to hear 
here is when we're going to get season two of that. We know Discovery is going to be in April, but we don't have a date yet. So I would imagine in the next month there will be announcements of, of different things happening. So I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm sure you'll let us know, Charlie. I will. That is that is what that is what we do over on the Code 47 and also, you know, here to a lesser extent. So, all right, what else we got? Well, we are getting uh, a new entry into a franchise that, quite honestly, I don't know how revered it is. And that is The Omen. So The Omen, yeah. the first film with Gregory Peck, you know, the kid who is the mark of the devil, people die right. around him. And Damien, uh, yeah. I've seen yep, it. I've we, seen it once. And I just remember he cursed his nanny to climb up on a building and jump. I said, I love you, Damien. Yeah. Yeah. I've never great. seen it, but I've seen all the moments. And then there was a yeah. well with Sam Neill with an as an older Damien, which I haven't seen either. Oh, really? That was uh, oh that yeah. well, yeah, the the first omen or back oh no, this yeah. is called the first omen. Okay. So yes, it's we're getting a new film. Two. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry to sorry to jump ahead. But yeah, what yeah. do we what do we got? What do we got here from this trailer? So it's called The First Omen. It's a prequel, and it's essentially setting up where uh the, the log line is uh if I can find it, when a young American woman is set to Rome to begin a life of service to the church, she encounters a darkness that causes her to question her own faith and uncovers a terrifying conspiracy that hopes to bring about the birth of evil incarnate. So this is essentially how Damien is conceived because in the first movie, Damien is adopted from Europe. I believe that's the whole conceit. Right. Um, So yeah, uh, we, we love horror films. We actually saw a really dumb horror film the other, the the other night, which I won't even bother to talk about (laughs) the Kiki. It was so unremarkable. It's the new, it's, it's the pool that kills people Um, (laughs) starring, starring Captain America. uh, Low tide. No, not low tide. uh, Low, low depth. What is it? It's called (laughs) night. It's called night swim, but I'm like, well, you know, stuff happened during the day too, but no, it's an evil, uh, it's an evil pool that kills people. Um, Too much chlorine. Deathbed, the bed that kills people. That was an old, that's an old bit from De- from Pat from Pat Oswalt. It's a real movie. Like, look it up. It's, oh, it's, it's real. Yeah. Deathbed, well, the bed that kills people. The <laughs> film is directed by Arkasha Stevenson, who worked on the the TV series Legion. Uh, and essentially, we've got David S. Goyer and uh, Keith Levine producing this. And uh, the act. Tours in this are I'm looking, looking, looking. Uh, oh no, it's right here. Yeah, it's it's a lot of names I don't know. We have uh, Nell Tiger Free, Takif Barham, and Sonia Braga with Robert Eggers' favorite Ralph Anderson and the legendary Bill Nye. Okay, there's a name I know. The I science know guy. Yeah. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> no, from uh, why well, Love Actually is always how I very fondly yes, think of it. Uh, he of course, played, he was Davy Jones in uh, the Pirates movies. He also yeah. played uh, the big old vampire in the, uh, what was it, uh, Night Watch? No, the, what was the movie with the vampires versus the werewolves with, uh, what's her name? Uh, oh, the, uh, oh, it was, oh, I know. I know the girl you're talking about. Not Night Watch. Uh, no, the, the, it was the franchise. It was the yeah. There was three of them, and it had and Michael it was Kate, Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, there you yeah, go. That, that series. Yeah. All right. Please, yeah, please, please add us so we don't have to look at look us up. Add us uh, yeah. Up so Threads, so we know. I mean, why not? You know, horror is really popular. It typically yeah. does pretty good unless it's horrible. Even they're horrible, yeah. they do pretty well. So yeah, I, I'd, be, I'd be curious how how Deathpool is doing, but we'll see. Yeah, so what I'll, what I'll do is I will commit to watching at oh, cool. least the first two Omen films. So when this comes out, I can be like, well, it's newer, so it's better, right? 
Well, it's omened up. Yes, they've yeah, continued exactly. to they've continued to refine their craft. All right, moving along, uh, we have some some uncasting news. Uh, Marvel's Thunderbolts, uh, due to ostensibly what's what's said here, the delays of of the strike and yada yada yada, has lost uh, what Todd and I are assuming potentially its primary villain, uh, which would be Sentry, p- uh, portrayed by Stephen Wen of The Walking Dead, and of Nope. <clears throat> Um, but yeah, no, that's what that's what I had read. Yeah, there was there was uh, news reported recently that he stepped out. Yeah, th- this yeah, it, it was then yeah, it was portrayed as a mystery role. Later confirmed to be Sentry, which is a character I'm I'm vaguely familiar with. He's kind of the Superman ripoff because it says even right here he gets his powers from the sun, but he goes back and forth between a good guy and a bad guy. And uh, yes, so he decided to take a pass on that. And yeah, that that's was was yeah rumored uh, to be the fact that uh, because of the strike, it kind of knocked his scheduling off for other stuff. Um, so I don't know. I, I I don't know that I being that I don't terribly know the character very well. I guess I don't have strong feelings either way. If he would have nailed it, or if somebody who looks like Henry Cavill might have you know nailed it better because he has he, he kind of speaks superman to me. Um I don't know what do you think because again Sentry if you look at him kind of looks like kind of looks like nuclear man from Superman. <laughs> he does. Yeah, <laughs> he's a very blonde version of Superman. Um yeah. he when they first introduced the Sentry they said he was a uh, a recently discovered original Marvel creation. And that right. was a lie. They just right. did it as an event to create a, a new character, but basically make it seem like he had some relevance in the past. Uh, we find the, out, though, that uh, faker. The, well, the century, he had this great ability, but uh, we found out was uh, essentially he constantly fights this thing called the void and he has mental health issues. So he's a very right. unreliable, super powered being. So that's I'm wondering a cool it- concept. A question about the void was the void an actual character because the build a figure piece I got because you know I purchased that Chris Star figure recently mm-hmm. the build a figure piece is the void and it came with these weird tentacle things which I immediately put on my eBay store somebody bought them for twenty bucks I'm like okay I guess people there's not a high demand for Chris Star so somebody's like I got to build the void but I'm not going to buy that Chris Star figure. That's cool because twenty bucks pays for the figure. I was very happy about that. I would say the easiest way to describe the uh, the void, he is akin to a venom like entity. That's what it that seemed. Yeah, that's what I think. That's that, what I think that the figure that was. Is, can yeah. also live separately and is and it basically mm-hmm. drives him nuts. So what I think, yeah. Charlie, and I think this is the conceit. What this was going to be for um, the Thunderbolts. Because yeah. they're obviously not a very strong team. I mean, they've got some good, strong members, but I mean, obviously, they're a bunch more ragtag, like the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Well, um, right, and they're yeah, no, was, no big superpower, super like superpowered folks. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm thinking was the Sentry was actually going to be like kind of like as we think of the Suicide Squad with with a uh, Starro, which was considered like they didn't know what they were going after, but they knew they yeah. had to get something, and it was a yeah. superpowered like weapon. I'm thinking this mm. is going to be the conceit that they have to go after something that's super powerful. They don't know what it is to take it down. And it ends up being right. the sentry and it wakes up. Gotcha. Um, oh, that's gotcha, what I'm gotcha. thinking. Yeah. Maybe. Awesome. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, I don't feel like it's, uh, well, I like Steven when I don't, I don't see him as a character as portrayed, but that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean there's not a lot of other great people out there who couldn't take on the role. Um, so yeah, I'd be interested, but yeah, I would, uh, would think somebody, you know, it isn't Alan, isn't Alan rich, rich being considered for everything these days. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, he, he's big. He's big. He would, he would be, it seems like this would be the, per- and he's blonde. This would be the perfect role for him. So anyway, yeah, he get as a huge fan of the reacher TV series. He gets my vote. 
I'd be very, very excited. Yeah. To, and I to don't even that. know what type of Batman he would make because you listen right. to him in every role. He's kind of got that meathead kind of almost like yeah. uh, Boston slash New York accent. He's so from like, he, he's he's from Florida because it's funny. I saw a whole bit. Fl- uh, I saw uh, yeah, I saw this whole, you know, it took me like 20 years to figure out that that was why that rapper had that name. I'm like, oh, it's Bell's Florida. <laughs> Slow so rider. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. No, but when he was on Kimmel or uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon or something a couple of weeks ago promoting the show, obviously, and he's talking, he was on the first season for one of the first seasons of American Idol as a contestant. And apparently, yeah, I know, apparently made it pretty far, but he was telling the he story. Was Aquaman. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and th- this would have been potentially prior to that. But he's yeah. just a regular. He doesn't have the Jack Reacher voice, but he does. That's not how he talks. He just talks like a regular ass dude. It's I not know even it's like weird. a Florida accent. It's like a weird accent. So I'm like, I'm like, it's like the um, Channing Tatum accent. Right. It's vaguely Southern. <laughs> it's vaguely Southern kind of hip hop. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. Hey, yo, yeah. When he was Duke and G.I. Joe. Anyway, yeah. we're getting a little far off the path. Um, but anyway, uh, so moving on to the next story, the latest buzz in the last you know week, because it's January 7th when we're recording this, has been the fact that, and we talked about this in the show last week, that Steamboat Willie is now in the public domain. Anybody can use and abuse him. There have been no end of disgusting memes out there putting Steamboat Willie in disgusting situations. But now, uh, a oh, a second a second Steamboat yes, Willie yes. horror pick from Stephen Lamort, uh, uh, unveiled as an early Mickey Mouse uh, hits public domain. Well, so what was the first one if he just hit public domain? Um, I can't remember. It was pretty low-key. It was like not really – it didn't really seem like it was focusing on Mickey, but it seemed more like a mascot from a theme park. Right, killing people or a Ricky, killer dressed Ricky up Rouse. like one. Got yeah. it. Yeah, got it. The Ricky Rouse. So anyway, so yeah. So what's going on with this? This one's called Mickey's Mousetrap. Um, we have a promo image of him with a knife, a, a bloody knife, looking at like New York City. Right. And Stephen Lamort has produced the Terrifier movie movies, which I don't know about it, Charlie. Have you seen any of those no. Terrifier movies? Doesn't they look horrific, me. and I've heard they're like grotesque. <laughs> The evil awesome. clown that's white. I forget what his name is. Uh, but yeah, so he's involved. So I guess that will bring the chill to this. Um, and there was a, a, apparently there is a trailer for it, which I did not watch. So it's somewhere. It's not in the, even in LinkedIn here. Um, well, it's, but apparently, it's, it's probably, for, probably for the best. <laughs> they apparently did another. Uh, so I don't know if you remember seeing it. It was basically, they already, uh, he and Amy Schumacher, not Amy Schumer. Not Amy Schumer. Uh, oh God! They collaborated on the horror film The Mean One, which is based on The Grinch. So basically, using oh, The Grinch boy. as a yeah. as a killer, and he also worked on, um, yeah. So so basically, they have experience working with uh, taking a, a property and converting it to something more grotesque and over the top. But we are going to get a lot of these, even in the video game world. We got one uh, that was basically using a Mickey Mouse like image, but apparently there were neo-Nazis involved in it. And they were using, <laughs> oh, they were using terms like neo-Nazis would of extermination. So it's oh. like, you know, I don't know if there's going to be anything that good comes out of this. Highly Mouse, unlikely. 
But the only good thing I have seen, it's the, it's the meme of, it's got the gif of Mickey Mouse steamboat Willie, like driving a boat. And it's with the Titanic. (laughs) He's the pilot of the Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) That might be the only good thing that comes from, or we'll see him on family guy for sure. Oh yeah. I'm sure they're working on the time. (laughs) Yeah. Like that time that steamboat Willie and I, yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Yeah. That drunk sea captain we had. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, can't. Can't even wait for it. My goodness. Yeah. So it, obviously we've got Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey that came out. We've got a sequel with Tigger now because Tigger is now public domain. So uh, if you like these things, kids, hold on. You're going to get your more than fair share. And I'm assuming most of them will be bad. You know what? And, and, and April and I don't have any aversion to see them because we, you know, we have that monthly membership thing to the local theater chain. And we just last couple months just did not go. So that's why we went and saw, you know, Death Pool on you know uh on friday night because we're like you know what we're paying for this and we just we we love it because the theaters are never full generally sitting in a row by ourselves and we can just do what we do when we do our patreon show bad trip to the movies with the cartons and we can just heckle it and uh quietly to each other and we you know what we have fun isn't that really what going to the movies is all about truly is truly is all right well that takes us out of the news uh but it is time to get out that fuber app that feeble uber app time to get down to the place where we chat about stuff we enjoy but wait first a word from our sponsor hey secret friends unite let me tell you about zencaster we use them for our show and now they're supporting us zencaster is now the all-in-one solution making podcasting easy it's the ultimate web-based podcasting solution provides high-quality audio and video podcast production and hosting. With a full suite of professional tools, podcasters can seamlessly record, produce, and publish studio-quality content all from one dashboard. Being a creator has never been easier. And we chose Zencaster because of the ease of use. Uh, high-quality output, and we it makes it super easy for our guest to come on. Uh, we had multiple solutions we tried before, and Zencaster has just been the best fit for us. Why Zencaster? It's now super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. Record studio-quality sounds and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of Zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. Have you ever worried what you sound like? Zencaster's post-production process makes you sound buttery smooth. It automatically removes those ums and ahs in your recording. It removes those awkward pauses in conversation too. Set the right podcast loudness and levels while reducing background noise with the click of a button. So if you're interested in making an easy, high-quality podcast just with the click of a browser button, go to Zencaster.com slash SFU and use our code SFU you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Now back to the show. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy cover bands playing, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. 
Well, um, kind of quiet. I haven't been out to the movie theater. I was going to go see Wonka, but I'm oh, kind of yeah. recovering from some things. Didn't get um, around to it myself, yeah. Yeah, so I might go see Wonka next weekend. I've got a free movie ticket I can use. Um, we're still waiting for like some big movies to you know start coming out in January. So it's kind of quiet. There are some TV shows coming out, but I, I, I really only watched one thing. I watched it with the wife, and that is Doctor Who... Uh, the special one, uh, which just came out. It's, it's basically, there are three Doctor Who specials for the 60th anniversary. This is not the Christmas special. Uh, this is not introducing the new Doctor. Um, this is essentially, um, if you're up to speed, I don't want to give it any spoilers, but the end of Jodie Whittaker's run, there was a transformation and we got, um, don't listen for like five seconds. Uh, I think I, I think people know David Tennant. Yes, um, well, they, yeah, that's been out there for a while. I, I think, think so. He's in all yeah. the he's all he's in all of the uh, mm-hmm. the the advertisements, the trailers, and mm-hmm. so the first special essentially is uh, David Tennant really reuniting with Donna Noble. And if you don't remember where Donna Noble left, essentially she wasn't she the uh, one who was on the Office? Uh, no, she's she's a redhead. Kind of looks like um, well, thought, was Donna? Was yeah, I thought she was office? on the Office. She taught the American office. Yes, I absolutely believe she was. Okay. Well, I'll believe you. Um, and we'll go with that. Uh, but she was the one that was kind of the kind of bossy over the top. But I thought she was like, I'm not going to pretend I know everything, mm-hmm. but I'm just a broad. I'm just like in it to win it. I don't know if that's an appropriate term, but that's kind of how I thought. It's of not. So I, I got I got slapped once for referring okay. to a female. So I'm going to remove that. So no. I'm not going to say that's not appropriate, Todd. Don't do that. So I won't do that. Um, but she is just a um, she's not afraid to speak her mind. And uh, but I always loved her as a character. Well, at the end of her run, she essentially gained the power, the the the, the essence of a time lord. And um if they didn't wipe her memories of do- the doctor or anything, she would essentially kill her. And so um, she doesn't know who the doctor is. She just doesn't remember anything about it. And that's kind of what this episode was dealing with. So I don't want to go anything more there, but I love this episode because it does feel like it's a monster of the week episode, which is perfect. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really try to do anything more than it does in one episode. Yeah. So I think if you've been out of doctor who in a while and you like that David Tennant, or even if you don't haven't seen David Tennant before, I think it's a great episode. I th- was truly pleased. And those are over on max, correct? No, uh, that's the big change. So oh. if you want to watch, all of the old Doctor Who through Jodie Whittaker, starting with um, Ten, uh, 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 Eccleson, right? Eccleson, yes. so five, yeah. that, those are all on Max. So this is where it gets a little bit interesting. Okay. But everything new, starting with this episode, and the it's new on, things. Oh, it's on Hulu, isn't it? Or it's Black. on Disney Plus. So, yeah, we, I think we did talk about that. Yeah. BBC That's is so- partnered with Disney. Anything outside of Disney Plus is just on the BBC. So, That's um, so if random. Disney Plus, you get this. And apparently, because of this, uh, they're getting a much bigger budget, which, you know, uh, the BBC never had big budget, so I thought right. it looked great, but they still used practical effects in a lot of ways. And Which I, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate yeah. practical effects. Yeah, I highly recommend this, and I'm excited about to see where it goes. Obviously, our friend uh, John Sear has said he is so pleased with these because he was really disappointed with right. the writing and quality of the Jody. He liked Jody Whitaker, he just didn't like the, the way the episodes were handled and written. So um, I'm excited for this, and we know the new Doctor we're getting. 
and uh, he has a new companion. So I always like when there's a new doctor starting off because it feels like there's so much promise. So. It's kind of kind of like a uh, you know a first season or a new season of a show like you know Worf is on DS Nine Seven of Nine comes to Voyager exactly. you know new adventures through kind of a fresh lens that's cool yeah I uh, you know and and John and I have covered a couple of seasons of Doctor Who over on the Facts Geek Life which is one of our Patreon segments and we have some other ones coming up and I have just really lagged. Um, watching this new stuff so i i you know I, I'll, I'll leave it to john to motivate me because i, I did not to. feel bad skipping a lot of the jody whitaker stuff because i just felt like it wasn't uh, yeah. me i haven't so, seen a, i haven't seen a one so no worries no, there charlie you don't even have to worry about it was really mired in kind of, no we went back and and we did some stuff out of sequence i think we did series seven uh, series eight and jump back to seven and mm-hmm. now we might be jumping forward like i said when okay. i do that show because todd you did a segment with me sliders uh not that long ago is that i let my go uh, my, i let my ghost i let my cat uh choose not only the series um but uh you know the season we obviously start with the season actually in this case he picked one and then the episodes we talk you know usually three episodes and i figured i learn from the guest kind of what they enjoyed and why and then we kind of discuss from that point of view so anyway well good uh i'm sure good good news uh john has agreed to come on this show to talk about uh basically the first three plus the christmas special once we're all up to speed so probably february is what i'm thinking that works unless it happens when i'm gone in which case i don't have to worry about it but i i would like to watch them so um well good well i watched uh i I watched uh, a a couple of things obviously i talked about you know uh, the pool of death I kind of talked about that. Don't need to talk about it anymore. But my wife loves Netflix. And I'm like, oh, Netflix. If we could drop something, I'd drop Netflix. But every once in a while, they not, they kind of knock one out of the park. And they did this with this movie. And I thought I had to go back and like, what the hell was the name of that? Because we watched it and I absolutely loved it. But the name of it just did not resonate with me. It was called Leave the World Behind. Uh, big names in it. We have Marshawn Ali, Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke. Um, are just you know Ethan Hawke and Julia uh, Julia Roberts are a husband and wife couple. They live in New York City. They are going out to Long Island. They probably not as far as the Hamptons, but kind of mid Long Island, the part where you can look across and and see the city. So that's not the Hamptons, as I understand Long Island ge- geography, which I really don't. Please add me at Threads if I got it wrong. But anyway, they have uh, taken out a summer rental, uh, an Airbnb. And they're starting to enjoy their vacation where they just start to notice some weird shit going on. They're on the beach and this huge tanker liner smashes into the beach, like out of control, the you know crew dead at their hands. And uh, the first night there's a knock at the door and it's this affluent black, black businessman and his, his yeah. Oh, knock at the cabin. They're here. Uh, oh my God, I just yes. heard that. <laughs> oh, whoops. It's, it's getting a little too real. Uh, it is this, this affluent black businessman and his adult daughter and they're saying um hey this is our house and i know this is unusual but we're really hoping we could stay here because yada 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 and you can tell that the two of them know something the marshall ali and his daughter know that something is up okay. and you know over a four in and julie uh, julia roberts character is a bit despicable she's racist clearly does oh, not like, she clearly does not like black people and it's coming out pretty regularly uh, as it goes on you know where ethan hawk is he's a very affable guy he's a college professor kind of easy to get along with um and their kids are they have a they have a teenage son and a pre-teenage daughter and uh 
I'm going to encourage people to watch this. So I don't want to say a whole lot more, but it is, um, you know, it's a movie that touches upon, and Todd, I kind of spoiled the twist for you, um, but it's a movie that touches upon another movie that we're really looking forward to called Civil War that comes out in a few months. Um, so this was... So Captain um, America shows up? Yes, that is actually how the... It looked like all hope was lost, and then Captain America showed up, but it was... It's a uh, secret Marvel project. It was Ooh. it was the Bucky Captain America, so Todd, Aww. it was not for you. Um, yeah, I, like I said, Netflix is like, because so much of the stuff they crank out. Like I said, April April loves Netflix. So she watches stuff without me, and occasionally she drags me into one. I'm glad she dragged me into this one. I loved it. I loved it. I would recommend it. And the great thing is Netflix. Most people have it most of the time. So uh, I'm going to give this one my weekly recommendation. And then secondly, in between reading, you know, comics for Spinnerack, uh, which Todd and I do as one of our Patreon segments, I do try to jump in there and get caught up on Amazing Spider-Man because I don't want to ever, I don't want to lose my, my record as having read every issue. Um, but I have also read um, every issue of, of Marvel Star Wars, or at least the current run since 2015. Um, and it ebbs and flows. The problem with the Star Wars comics is that they're very wedged in between the original trilogy. And Todd and I joke about this all the time, and John will jump on the bandwagon. Some of the early issues, it's it's been published in two volumes since 2015. Volume 1 ran 75 issues, and then Volume 2 is, a, is in the early 40s as far as the number of issues. Not sure when it's going to end, but Volume 1 was set between... Uh, a New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back. And it made sense because it was a five year period of publishing, you know, kind of compressed into the three years that took place between those films. And, you know, it took them a little time to find their footing. Todd, I'm sure, will very fondly remember the Everybody Has Lightsabers issue where they had to fight like a General Grievous thing that had a, had an Admiral Akbar head. I mean, they, they've had some misses. Um, but recently, so volume two, and again, I've talked about this before, is now taking place between Empire and Jedi. And you're watching Luke's, you know, voyage kind of fumbling his way through figuring out what it means to be a Jedi. And it was one of the issues I read probably five or six issues recently. So I'm almost to the point where Marvel Unlimited cuts me off, which is a three month gap, um, where he's struggling with the lightsaber he's been using, he found a lightsaber to use and it's a, it's a yellow lightsaber. It's a guardian lightsaber that he's been using. Cause he doesn't have his green one. We actually see him activated in a deleted scene early in return of the Jedi. So we know he doesn't have that. Um, but it gets damaged. So he goes on a quest to find a new crystal, but he has to go on a bit. He has to go on this vision quest where he speaks to Yoda and the kind of space in between. And, and they, they address, why did he never go back? Why did he never go back and get more training for Yoda? So that I found, pretty interesting and Todd you would love this one of the through lines since the beginning has been the relationship between Lando and Lobot and how Lobot is a big character in volume two and I know you love Lobot so I'm just saying um but the current tie-in which I'm just about to lump into was this dark droids crossover where Lando is trying to save Lobot because his technology his like all his implants are failing and he's got to take him to Jabba's palace to get him fixed by the torture droid you see at the beginning of Return of the Jedi. So it's just it's very layered. It's not I wouldn't say it's the absolute greatest, but these last few issues that I've read, I've actually really enjoyed them. So um, it's it's just kind of peaks and valleys with that. But yeah, Lobot is. Uh, uh, and again, unfortunately, because I, I caught previews uh for uh things releasing this upcoming march lobot lives but i mean he can't really live because we don't see him in return of the jedi he's probably still yet to either die or to go off on a vision quest i don't know charlie that's so funny because i was looking so the original star wars comic 
issue 56 is <laughs> it's Lando fighting Lobot. <laughs> oh, in the, oh, the volume one for oh, the, 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 the first run from 1977. Yeah. yeah. It's so yeah. funny. And you can win a 10 speed buck. Uh, 10 I, speed I know, the, I know the exact cover you're talking about. Yeah. I started it's to follow, funny. I started to follow, very famously. The first comic I ever purchased was issue 65 of that run. It was, mm-hmm. uh, and I have a, I have a framed copy of it, uh, in upstairs in the hall of the upstairs in my house. I have for many, many years. Issue 65, Galroth never forgets. Princess Leia uh, tries to destroy an Imperial base all by her lonesome. So good stuff. And yeah, I followed the title from that comic ran 107 issues before they finally killed it. And I, I haven't read them all. The, the first ones, the first probably 50 are really hard to read because you get, you know, Jackson, the Ro- you know, the, the green rabbit and all this kind of weird shit. Um, but anyway, I I'm enjoying this current run. It's not bad. Um, I'm curious when volume two is going to go end. on. Are you, are they going to ask you for like a, a, a like a, a blurb? It's not bad. <laughs> yes. It's not, bla- it's not bad. Charlie Carden of the Holocron Chronicles on the secret friends unite network. Um, yes, I officially categorize and let's get, you know what the, the Marvel run has given us some good characters, Dr. Afra, black, uh, Kersatin, who we've now seen in the book of Boba Fett. Um, I just, you know, they've done some okay stuff. They've, there you go. There, there's, there's your sound bite. Star Wars, Marvel, Star Wars. They've done some okay stuff. Okay stuff. All right, that's that's all that I got. Um, but yeah, that takes us out of the geek easy. Uh, Todd, they spit in our drinks again, so I say we get. I don't can't believe they keep letting us back in here. Um, but it's good but that they make us tip in advance. It's on yeah, our exactly. bill already. Oh my god, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, p- parties of of zero have to tip twenty five percent. Oh my god. But anyway, uh, I've got out my Air Qantas app. It's time to get ourselves to the down under. Tina and the mutants are awaiting for that fantastic annual event that we call the Friendies. Let's do it. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. The mutants are gathered for a topic or game to be entertained. And this week, it's the 10th annual Friendy Awards. It's 2023's best of folks. We started this in 2014. With no clue, no format, uh, we had no guests. It was tape delayed on a Thursday night at 2 a.m. Uh, we now are in a uh, abandoned silo. Uh, our our guest host was fired because of uh, allegations. So we'll be so hosting again this year, Charlie. Yes, bet, we don't worry about anybody coming up. And, and slapping us, which would be Isn't, great. It's not that same abandoned silo where they had all the uh, all the super soldiers from Hydra in the Civil War. Because yeah, I th- I don't think I'd want to be there. Oh man, but uh, yeah, what what a year! <laughs> it, it was a year, and I have to think about that. I'm like, okay, well, what happened? So we cover this, and just to get anybody who's new to the Friendies, so um, we do a couple of different categories. First, we give our like stories of the year just kind of look back at what happened in the world of nerd uh then we uh do comic books collectibles or moments so kind of it's more of a potpourri but it's because you know we don't always get into a lot of new stuff in those categories Mm -hmm. but it's those type of things so that is one of ours we do like a top three or five and also like a biggest disappointment that's that first category the second one is movies we do top five new because we want to hit on new things but then we say new to you favorite so maybe it's something you missed from a previous year that you absolutely loved 
So we love that. And then biggest disappointment. This isn't the worst thing you ever saw, but it was something you were probably excited for that just didn't deliver. Um, It could be both. Could be the worst thing because it wasn't the best thing. But um, yeah, we try not to go Razzies, uh, full on Razzies. We try to, you know, keep it a little bit, you know, because you don't want to hear us just rant say it was the worst thing ever. Why? Because it sucked. Todd Todd is very diametrically opposed to the worst thing ever, just the same way that I hate Milton fanboyism when someone says, well, if you don't agree with me, you're an idiot. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. That's my pet peeve. And the the worst thing ever is Todd's. We (laughs) knew everyone's opinion always changes everybody else's opinion. It's it's always guaranteed. It's a stone cold luck. Last is TV. So top five new. Favorite ongoing, so if there's a series you just love that keeps getting better, uh, then a favorite new to you, so something you just discovered from a previous year, and then biggest disappointment as well. So that's how we kind of wrap things up. Uh, But Charlie, before we get into it, um, we have a lot of great picks from our community about the threads and Twitter and our Discord group. So let's hit on those. Do you want me to take the first one or do you want it? You know what I'll do? This is this is this is actually my friend Anna who lives in Ann Arbor who runs cosplay over forty. She's awesome, awesome cosplayer and just overall cool person. But she hit us up on. I'm assuming this is on Threads. Maybe? I believe so. I believe okay. so. It was from Threads. Yep. Uh, she gives a friendly to the live action One Piece, Todd, which I know you've talked about. Uh, finally breaking the animated live action curse started by Dragon Ball Evolution and perpetuated by Cowboy Bebop, Ranma, One Half, and many others. Anna, I love you, but I don't know what any, almost any of that means. That's I okay. do, and she's right. Yes, so and good yeah, job. Yeah, good I job. Like thank you for responding. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll jump into this next one because this is Jordan. She's a she is a part of the USS Grand Petoskey crew, one of my trekkers, but she is also active on our Secret Friends Unite Discord too. Very very nice young lady. She's actually a student and uh, an employee of Grand Valley here in Grand Rapids. She's a very nice young lady. Uh, in television, Jordan enjoyed uh, 911-911 Lone Star, Abbott Elementary, and The Boys. Okay. Uh, though The Boys really wasn't ongoing in 2023, but you can call Gen V The Boys. It's kind of the same averse. Uh, she enjoyed, uh, in TV, her favorite new to you was the animated Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, as well as Young Justice. Todd, those are all ones you've talked about. Uh, this has been part of my mom's get me to watch all things DC with her. I that's think that's cool. I like I that. That's it's adorable. a sharing of things with, with family. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and over in comics, and then she had, she gave us instead a top comic moment uh, would be uh, when Iman uh, Vlani, who plays Ms. Marvel, uh, getting to work in her own Ms. Marvel comic book. There you go. Uh, the fact that she's such a fan of the character and gets to portray it is amazing. Yes. Good deal. Thank good. you, Jordan. I appreciate that. Todd, last yeah. one's yours. This is your friend. Yeah, the Nias family. So Sean, Stella, and Henry, uh, big geeks. They love all the cool stuff. So it would be in comics. It would be Obi-Wan, Planet of the Apes, and Green Lantern. I wanted to read the new Green Lantern series, so I definitely will. I have the DC uh, Infinite app, so I, nice. I've gotten good reviews. Uh, movies, uh, Wonka, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, for sure. Super Mario, and Ferrari, which I I, I want to see. I don't know where it's going to be available outside of the theaters. It's not going to yeah. be out uh, at home yet, but I do want to see that. Yeah, uh, Adam Driver same. doing an Italian accent. I mean, come on. I mean, what 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 can't he do? Come I mean, he, on, that's his well, follow from uh, what's it he's called? He's been practicing the, the Hasaguchi. Yeah, that's yes, right. <laughs> oh, he was he, he was he, he was sharpening the pencil. Yeah, good good. Yeah, good and biggest disappointment, Flash. I mean, Sean likes a lot of the DC stuff too. So I yeah. get it. Flash wasn't for everybody. Um, so you know it. And so I, I'm I'm sorry it didn't work, but I, I did find some fun. But yeah, I know a lot of people did not. Yeah, well, we'll talk more about that later. So, all right. Well, with that, are we then moving into our own personal news stories of the year and segment uh, well, the first? I mean, I, so I listed a few. Is there oh, any? I mean, okay. So uh, if you go into that. Okay. Yeah, I got it. I had the link. You have 
You have a list of things, if that's what you're talking about, your list. Of- yeah, and if you go to headlines, it's there. Uh, so, um, uh, whoops, I, I don't know. I mean, if one of these is yours, Charlie, uh, stop uh, me. I, I, I did. I'll tell you what. Well, I'll reach my two, and then yep. if you want to do yours and then talk about others. But uh, for me, the the biggest, like the, the biggest, you know, the elephant in the room was the WGA and the SAG after strike that hit in May. I remember because I was at our national sales conference in Indianapolis and went to turn on uh, and what I do every morning, watch Colbert, and he wasn't there because the strike started and he wasn't working anymore. Um, but, yeah, it hit in May. The, it was 100-plus uh, days of that going on brought the the industry to a stop while uh, the you know our our valiant fighters uh, of of the union took on the evil overlords and did that wrap up in was it October or November I'm forgetting now uh, it was right before the Marvels came out so like end of October oh, okay gotcha and and now they're back and, and things are being made again so. For you know, without a doubt, story of the year. The second thing uh, that I jumped upon is that the the bloom is off the rose. I feel like for superhero films, Flash, the Marvels, Aquaman two, all did dismally. Some worse than the others. Um, and what does this mean? Signaling what's going to come forward, um, and particularly in light of obviously everything that happened with Jonathan Majors, which I know is another one of our headlines. Um, I feel like there's a change on the horizon because of what we've seen this year. So, um, yeah, well, Sony's going to change that, Charlie. You know they're going to turn. Oh, the spump, the spumco, the spumco is going to revolutionize things. Yes, three movies yeah. that are obviously going to be of such uh, critical and uh, financial success that your socks will, in fact, be blown all the way off. Yeah, I think the only outlier really for success, except for you know Guardians of the Galaxy, I would say is an exception to the rule, just because true, it's true. the end of the original. You know, Infinity War. It was just the last piece of that yeah um, but i think uh across the spider verse did exceedingly well significantly right. better than the last one and i think that may say maybe we're ready for animated superheroes to to, to fill a different gap for younger right. audiences and things right. like that right exactly yeah and b- building building brand loyalty with younger audiences yeah, and making exactly. it more something that's because remember you you remarked this not long ago that marvel used to be for everybody when there were five films or ten films and now there's 35 films and 10 shows and blah, 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 blah. And it's just, it's too, it's too difficult to manage and people tend to wear out. So, yeah. all right. What, what, what do you got? What's going on? So, um, I, I agree with you like on the, on the big ones. So I think for me, um, I think one that, you know, it's going to be bittersweet. And for some people it's like, thank God, but for, for me, bittersweet, the DCUN's quite a mixed bag I mean, of movies that I would say their record or, you know, the, the, the percent of hit rates, it reminds me a lot of like the Fox X-Men movies in, yeah. in you know, uh, good, although good, I would good, say good, bad, bad, good, half good, mediocre. But I, I think the better of the X-Men movies was significantly better than the DCU. Movies. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. You so, could, you could still watch, you know, the, th- the 2006 X-Men three over, the Flash or or Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, what, what? No, with the I'm the Juggernaut bitch. No, that film is in the trash. No, like uh, X Men Two, X Unite with the. Oh, well, I mean, yes, great. That, that's a great flick. But yeah. I thought you were more saying that hey, the the not good of the X Men movies oh, okay. better than the good one. I'm like, what? no, no, no. <laughs> I was saying the the not great of the X Men movies oh, yeah. still trumps the yes. you know the. BVS Suicide or the, squad, or the like Wonder that, Woman yeah. 84. It's just that we're yeah. just really in the depths. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, so I'm, I'm sad because we did get some fun things out. We got, I think we got some good castings, mm-hmm. but um, I think it's time. And as we know, we're really getting 
uh, you know, only two superhero films next year. We're getting a non DCU film with the, with the, you know, the Joker two and yeah. we're getting Deadpool, which really wasn't ever connected to the MCU anyways. So in that case, I feel like we're going to have a palate cleanser year, except for Spunko. Yeah. They're, like, they're there to remind us. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Here's the future and here's the past. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. It's just going to yeah. be more, more. And, uh, I think the other thing is AI. I mean, yeah. AI was everywhere charlie I mean, yeah it continues and, to be and it is wearisome it showed up in the secret invasion like uh, uh you know opening credits it um the new york times is, is is suing people for plagiarism uh we're hearing a lot about these things and it is scary because yeah. i feel like in a lot of ways it's a it's a problem it's, it's a it's a it's an answer looking for a problem to solve and yeah. nobody has asked that question <laughs> right exactly yeah which is what ai does you know extrapolates yeah. and take bits and pieces and and build things and yeah i mean it's easy to be amused like i have friends now who are making ai you know like creations i made a few of myself i had one of my one of my people in the club make a few of me and whatever it is and that seems pretty harmless but Correct. other parts of it absolutely are not yeah. other parts of it that can threaten not only people's livelihood which is a definitely component of the sag after strike um but something that's going to threaten the overall fabric of what art is across the board is terrifying because it takes yeah. us a step away from enjoying the uniqueness that we as a human family as a civilization can create when everything's being done by computers when Absolutely. it's just an algorithm it's just ones yeah. and zeros that just and does just not work your friends if you have a friend that's an author uh, talk, or talk an guns. illustrator yeah a photographer and you think about like oh it's it's harmless and you think well people are probably going to say it's good enough just to go to ai and make something that's not right versus artistic touch with the feel so right. um and you know and i you know ai is gonna they're gonna start charging you charlie to go to ai to no. make me something are you no, serious that's how that's how they make money they're oh. not doing it for free i mean no are you really the first yeah, exactly. one's free yeah you're you, AI- like uh, my funko pop brought to you by yeah oh yeah it needs a sponsorship yeah, yeah. exactly it they can't put an ad on a uh, on a piece of paper so um right. but that's where it's gonna go because when i did yeah. it through the one the one thing that aaron showed me it was like oh you have so many left and I'm yeah like, that's the one that i've got as well i use like and so it's basically them. oh i'm gonna yeah. pay facebook bucks to play that facebook game it's gonna Fa- be yeah. like that face yeah. face bucks yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so yeah and then, then the last story really was barbenheimer i mean yeah. it made it warmed my heart to see two essentially original properties a take over the box office they weren't extensions si- simultaneously and and have them both be so successful yeah exactly so it, it makes me feel good it makes me feel like people will still come to the movie theater for original experiences that right. have artistic flair they're not just a cash in now yeah. next look at the what's coming out i think i even pointed this out here i'm like essentially almost 90 percent of everything coming out over the summer is a sequel or a franchise a yeah or a reboot yeah something you've already seen which is just yeah it's very much so because again it goes right back to well you know let's just go back to the well and it, it just becomes ones and zeros well if we plug this in people will see it and blah blah, blah. now there are still some films that i'm excited about yes. excited about deadpool 3 excited about planet of the apes because i enjoyed that franchise but uh godzilla but yeah it would be it would be nice to know that there's another barbenheimer on the horizon and mm-hmm. i've not i've not really looked into it but i don't i'm not aware of anything like that that's coming up um but yeah, we'll see. Could have been lightning in a bottle. All right. Well, we transitions into uh, the first award category, which is the comics, books, collectibles moments. I think we did a we did a top three, right? So I did uh, three. three to five. I mean, yeah. it, it's it was really kind of a mixed bag. And what we can do, Charlie, is we can go back and forth. Okay. Um, to give a little mixed bag. So, uh, did you have three or five? I did three. 
Okay, so I cheated. I did five. So I'll do That's my first okay. two, and then you can do your three, and we'll go back and forth. Okay. So, uh, so in, in the, a lot of these weren't new, new, but I, I figured that was okay. Sure, it sure. was just really because I, I know we don't always read a lot of new series and things like that. Right. We do in Spinner Rack, but we don't always get to. Right. Um, so my my first one, number five for me was Human Target, that comic series. Oh yeah, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic, and yep. I thought it was something I. Normally wouldn't have looked up, but I, I just truly enjoyed it. Great story. If you're looking, uh, if you're looking for something like superhero adjacent, it's perfect. Yeah. So, did you go, did you go? Are we counting down? So you did your third one. Uh, I, you, I, yeah. I'm doing no. I'm doing my five. I'll do my four, and then we'll get to three, and we'll go back and forth. Oh, so you did. did you're five. counting down. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. my three, uh, and I already touched upon it, and 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 I've kind of I go back and forth about this. Is the Amazing Spider-Man? So one of the longest running comic titles out there. Um, they had a fair mix, and again, I am not a oh man, I'm getting it from the newsstand, reading it all the time, but I will catch up in basically year, yearly, like 12 issue increments. And I will admit, I think I think Zeb Wells and, and JRJR, the creative team right now, where they have been for a portion of this, you know, with, with, a, with a title that's been going on for now 60, um, going on 62 years, the, the, the tropes and the lather, rinse, repeat is sometimes impossible to avoid, but they still found a way to pull out some really different stories you know they they pulled you know we knew that there was a year gap between the end of the last volume of being spider-man and the one that we're on right now which is you know in its 30 and probably about in its 30s getting into its 40s so it's been around for a, a few years uh but we know that in the previous volume peter and mary jane were looking to finally get back together and when the new volume started they had been a year had passed and they had been they weren't even friends anymore they weren't even speaking and so this segment that i read pulled into what happened and how mary jane not only has a new man in her life but she has children children who are not babies and they went through that whole process and and the, you know, what was associated to make that happen and to make it undone um the uh, uh and, and peter's burgeoning new friendship mentorship partnership with norman osborne who is finally being cured of being the green goblin and he's he's he is a now heroic a uh ad admirable character um and again it all comes crashing down because as i read the preview it's like oh the goblin's back and this thing and that thing but there was a sin eater series where his sins you know norman's sins were removed but then they got dumped into peter and it was just it was it was kind of comic bookery at its best. Um, it. So they're still finding ways to make it different, um, which is really difficult to do after sixty two years. So I I, I applaud that. I lo I love JRGR. I've come to really enjoy Zeb Wells' writing. So yeah, I enjoyed that. E and even with me not being a monthly comic follower, so nice work, guys. Absolutely. So my number four is. The G.I. Joe Transformer mashups. Now, I haven't bought any of them, but I'm like really impressed by them. I think they're kind of cool and fun, and it's a it's a kind of a cool idea. I'm just wait, I'm, I'm waiting for the USS flag that turns into what is it, Omicron? <laughs> <Or> yes, <laughs> yes, uh, yes, yes, Unicron. Yes. Unicron, thank uh, you. Yeah, exactly. But I just love it because it's like a figure plus the the Transformer, and they actually work together in vehicle also when they're transformed into the robot. So I think it's cool. The the Striker Bumblebee, Bumblebee one is kind of fun. Striker, like, the, like this guy, this, oh, you mean the vamp? No, the Striker, the, the G.I. Joe character. Striker, the G.I. Joe character? Oh, no, Stalker, sorry. Stalker, Stalker. okay. Yeah. Stalker okay, and, all right, uh, gotcha. The little Jeep. I think it's fun. Okay, all right. Well, you said Bumblebee, That's that that, that was Hound. Hound was the Jeep. No, no, this is like a dune buggy and they made it bumblebee. So, oh, okay, very good. yeah, well, you're not going to have a VW bug. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I was going to say, and I saw some future. What they have, they have a transforming his tank, which has the bear. And then again, the they go with the classic style three and three yep. quarter. So they're just their replicas of the eighties. It, it's pretty eighties soon through that. Yeah, that part, that, and Megatron. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they had another, an upcoming one is the Thunder Machine, which was the the Dreadnought vehicle turns into. Soundwave or something. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. You know, the kitschy stuff, I know that's your area, but it's just not, you know. As long as they're done well. There's a, there's yeah. some crappy ones, and actually I'll talk yeah. about that. Yeah. That's okay. So gotcha. All right. Well, my number two, speaking of um G.I. Joe was IDW's rebirth of G.I. Joe. I've read two titles so far. Uh one is part of the shared energy universe, which is the Transformers. It's the Void Rivals, of which I read the first issue, uh, but haven't continued with it. And then I read this a week ago. It was uh, Duke, uh, which is a reimagining of the character in the, a modern lens. So it is not tied to Larry Hama's ongoing title, which has been relaunched, which issue 301, um, which is funny. The, the Larry Hama title started in 1982 with a number one stopped in 1994 the gi joe continued it went through the grist mill it was at like devil's do and like some other publishers idw had it for a while but different creative team and then i think in 2010 or 11 hama came back and they started with issue 156 so they continued the original numbering and took that all the way up to 300 and then it ended about a year year and a half ago and now this is the return of it so are they finally at the eco warriors Hopefully they, those all get run over by one of these transforming <laughs> things. Um, but you know what's what's tough about that? I've been spending the last six months running around every comic shop in Michigan buying old GI Joe comics because none of them exist digitally; they're yeah. all gone. Um, so I every unfortunately my job gives me the opportunity to stock comic shops, and I'll pick up one here and there, three to five bucks, maybe ten bucks for a more rare one, whatever it is, and they're just they're going in my file because I've read a lot of them and stuff. But um, but and I have almost no familiarity with the IDW issues one fifty six through three hundred, but I'm working on it. Um, but that the, the, the GI Joe series is great. But again, it picked up from stuff that I didn't know what was going on. Like you know, it was and, and it gets it, Todd. You would like it because it's really weird. A mutagenic bomb goes off, and everybody on Cobra Island is transformed into like cannibal zombies or whatever. And it's like it's your jam. Um, Serpentor is alive again, which you know he got killed famously in the Cobra. Has anyone War. said Cobra la 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 yet? I'm sure it's coming um but uh yeah so they're bringing it back that's bringing back but the duke i absolutely loved it i i think it's kind of my new favorite um because duke is he's he's jack reacher plus jack bauer and plus joel from the last of us just super duper badass joel from community (laughs) yeah joel yeah joel from the uh uh, from mystery science theater 3000 so anyway yeah fun to be back reading uh a regular uh book i had been reading some of the star trek titles but i just found losing they just start they just continued to pile up and i wasn't reading them so some of them are still sitting there in my digital shame pile but i canceled all my subscriptions and all i'm reading monthly right now is the gi joe stuff very very good uh so while my number three is the Soundwave helmet i got uh mm. i got it for got it as a gift for myself it was on sale during black friday oh, yeah. uh, i hit the todd todd cheap point and it's so cool because it fits really well it, it has all of the sounds it lights up and it's very fun i mean for the price i paid for it it's perfect just to sit on a shelf right next to my mass effect helmet it's very yeah. fun uh and it, and it fit in my space <laughs> that was the big yeah. well you know space. i have and again this is one of the rare times when i have it flipped around but usually my background is i have uh four helmets plus a cookie jar the cookie jar is spider-man but i have my x-wing helmet my darth vader and my 
Gen 1 Clone Trooper, which I got both of those from my friend Derek, who's my figure collecting partner. And then I have a Cobra Commander that, just like you, it was a GameStop exclusive that nobody bought. So it was super cheap. So I picked it up. Yeah. But it looks fantastic. And yeah, I would love it if more helmets would fit in my little display back there, but the little cubbies are too small. Yeah. So I only have the ones that are uh, that are ring, uh, ringing along the periphery. But anyway. You get some mannequin heads or the, the, the wig heads. Oh, we actually we actually have one that we Perfect. did when we were you had wigs for when we were so big into cosplay stuff. So, all right, well, my number one, and Todd, I know you have uh, you have a two and a one, but my number one, and I did I featured this on our YouTube channel, uh, and I've taken pictures and shared it on my social media. But Hasbro's Haslab His Tank, which I purchased uh, summer of last year, uh, is everything that I think you could hope for in a modern toy. It's to scale. Uh, to the 12th scale, which is a six-inch figure line, the G.I. Joe Classified series. It has all conceivable bells and whistles except for the missiles don't shoot, which Todd was clearly very disappointed on. They just pop on. Fail. But it has, uh, it, 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 you know, it was set up as people were jumping on board with four different unlocks. All the unlocks were achieved. The, the items sold very well. So the unlock figures, there was, there was a Hiss driver. There was a Hiss gunner, who was a female, female Cobra. Of course, they're all wearing helmets. Can't see them. There's a tactician who sits in the little bay in the back with a, you know, a gun rack. And he's sitting there. I don't know. He's sitting there probably playing Sudoku or something. I don't know what he does. And then it came, it comes with a, the first ever available uh, classic Cobra commander with the domed helmet, much like the, the one I have on my shelf. Um, the vehicle itself, uh, lights and sounds, uh, no, excuse me, lights, but no sounds, but it has a different light cycle through that. It has, uh, you know, the Cobra signal projected as you fold down the rear compartment, a light comes on where the little tactician guy is sitting, um, little ladders that guys can hang off the side of it. I mean, it is truly exceptional. I think, it was, you know, it was, it was, and of course they're not, it's not like in the old days we're like, oh, this was 20 bucks and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was, it, it had its cost. I did not purchase that in, as an investment. All these GI Joe groups that I belong to, here's a guy who bought 20 of them. And I'm just like at 350 bucks a pop. Are you smoking? Are you, <laughs> are you smoking the drugs? So you spent six grand on buying these things. Oh my wow. God. Um, but uh, yeah. I have loved, and to a further extension, I have loved the G.I. Joe Classified line. That has been the thrust of my collecting in 2023, um, and my collection has gotten gotten pretty sizable because uh, I really think that they've done a nice job. That line started right around the time COVID broke out, and they tried a reboot by redesigning some figures. People effing hated it. That ended, and what we get now is pretty much uh, yeah, pretty very, much very faithful. Yeah, yeah. And, and that has, has increased my enjoyment of the line. And the original ones that they've come out with, you know, different versions of, of troopers you know they have a femme they, they have a you know cobra trooper femme version where it's two two ladies and the accessories they come with and a little smoke effects and the jet packs and all this different stuff so they just do a lot of fun stuff so been very impressed with that uh without a doubt very very cool yeah i know you were at first you had some rough feelings on that but yeah. um uh i'm glad it's coming around because they do look cool i mean yeah. i'm not gonna collect them but um i'm glad it's a market i just yeah. wish they would do something with the franchise that wasn't a bad movie i know i and i did and, and speaking of Hazlab, there was obviously another one in 2023 it was the dragonfly helicopter which is one of the hero gi joe vehicles april and i got two of them we're gonna put we're gonna tuck one away because we're we do a little toy slinging on the side let it set for a couple of years and see what we can make off of it why not? Well, there you there you go. Um, but we know a guy that has 20 his tanks, so see him first. Just kidding. 
Um, so moving on, uh, number two for me was, uh, the book dark harvest. Um, I'm not a regular book reader these days just because I tend to fall asleep as I'm reading a book. Uh, but I was really encouraged cause I wanted to read something that, uh, like a spooky, uh, book that led me into the holiday season and I really enjoyed it. It's a, like a great book in regards to it knows what it is. I love the way it, it speaks and it doesn't stay too long. It's like 170 pages. So I like that. It was a page turner. I couldn't mm. wait to read more. I just like they did with the concept. It was very fun. There is a movie that I need to watch. So of this, um, and I want to see how they did with it because I could see how it could be a movie, whether it's successful or not. Don't know, but I got the movie on Amazon. I just bought it. Uh, so I've got it. And Charlie, you're more than welcome to check it out and read the book. Uh, you may enjoy it too. I think Gaper might enjoy it just because of the the theme and everything. So uh, Dark Harvest, it's just a really cool kind of like a modern, uh, you know, parable about you know uh, the evil of the town baked into a ritual set in the '60s, and I really enjoyed it. So check out Dark Harvest if you're interested in like a kind of a a noirish horror film with a with a kind of a 60s feel so check out dark harvest and then number one uh comic wise was something new and that was the void rivals it was was part and parcel to the the energon universe um i'd heard rumbling that you know uh um uh you know the creator of walking dead's you know who uh, uh robert um kirkman kirkman has has an uh imprint called skybound it's also part of image because he's actually i think the He's a, he's like a bigwig. Oh, really? He was joined. He was he was asked to join a long time ago, and he did. That's why uh, when Walking Dead did really well, he said, "Hey, you should be part of us and be part of the Image Comics, you know, publishing community." So he is, and this goes on Skybound, but it's in Image, and if you basically creating the Energon universe, which was so cool because the Void Rivals mm-hmm. when it first came out had no mention of Transformers mm-hmm. or GI Joe, and this is a very simple story about two rival planets essentially fighting each other and it's kind of like how it leads into it so i really love the series it was limited it's done oh okay uh, which I I yeah it was just a, it was just really an entry point which is kind of cool like I almost get, get around how many was it like five issues four i think it was oh, four I bet, uh, I, could, yeah. I bet i could handle that mm-hmm. yep and then uh, i have started uh reading the transformers so i think i have three now i read one really enjoyed it so mm-hmm. i've got two uh, I, I should just subscribe to it on amazon because, I would, I would, and, yeah. and it was. If you don't, you do get, it, you do get a, you do get a, a, a discount. So. Yeah, if you don't, you uh, they wait really long time to to post the new issue. So subscribing is the best way to do it because then you just yeah. get an email. Hey, it's there. Yeah. yeah. So I, I love that this is happening because I've read com- Transformers issues and comics through the years. I yeah. read the original series from Marvel. It wasn't very right. good. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like uh, the IDW did them. Yeah. Uh, there was another yeah. uh, team Dreamwave, I think that did them all. And I just love what they've done. I love the art styles and the stories are kind of fun. Yeah. So um, I'm excited. And I'm also really interested in the Duke and the Cobra commander stuff too. Yeah. So I, I want to see how this yeah. comes together. So Tune Charlie, in, yeah. if you want that, if you want to read the, transformer stuff i got you covered oh uh, yeah so, and yeah. and same but yeah the uh cobra commander comes out i think in about two weeks and the second Perfect. issue duke will be out and gi joe will be out as well yeah, yeah. all right well moving on oh well, biggest disappointment a- sorry i yes. did i did my biggest disappointment i'll go back to collectibles uh the part of my collection that has now started to shrink uh is star wars which is a shame because I was talking about how much I'm enjoying Star Wars, but uh, Star Wars, the black series, I'm a, I am collect six inch figures, not really the old three and three quarter. I think they do some nice things 
with the three and three quarter line, but I'm way too late to start doing that again. So I started with the Black Series, which is now celebrating its 11th year that it's been around. But it has turned, you know, maybe for a lack of source material um, or just the fact that they have not really been committed to giving hardcore people kind of what, you know, there are a lot of people who want that original 96 back, those original 96 Kenner figures each one of them produced. In 11 years, they still haven't gotten around to it because what they are doing now is simply producing more and more and more repaints, reissues, uh, the holiday figures are, oh, here's a snow trooper, uh, Frosty the Snowman, or here's a, a Porg, here's a Porg who's an elf or something. Just just doing kitschy crap, which is, it's not my scene. You know, I would like to, I have gotten more into, you know, building dioramas and having little groups of people, and I like that kind of stuff, um, but they have just made it harder and harder. I think, and, and their turnaround time has been actually absolutely horrific, up until this year, which like Ahsoka, they got that line out on time. But again, I had the ones from Rebels, so I don't really need a whole nother set of them. You know what I mean? So, you know, I and then, you know, producing their archives, they had an archives series of figures that like, oh, this one was really hard to find, but it just, I had them. So there was no, so it's just, it's died for me. I don't, I don't get them anymore. Um, and I, and the things that they have in their pipeline, each one of these Hasbro uh, fan casts that they do has just been, oh, we're trying to get excited. John and I joke about this all the time, trying to get excited about this new thing that they're coming out with. And it's just more repaints, more reissues, more this and that. So, um, you know, I was also, I, I wasn't disappointed, but I was, I don't know what I expected out of the GI or the Indiana Jones adventure series that came out. Um, cause there wasn't a lot that they could produce yeah. and then the, and then the movie failed. Uh, so there, there wasn't, so I got, I got what I needed out of that. Plus I, off of that website, Timu, I bought a little Arabian, uh, white Arabian horse for Indiana Jones to ride. So I was very happy about that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the star Wars is just, it's just, a, it's just a death rattle. Marvel, uh, the, you know, the Marvel legends, they still do nice deep cuts, and crank out like an egghead, or they crank out Chris Star, which I just picked up. Star Wars won't do that. Star Wars is still oh, like, Star Wars is not as even as close to being as deep. They're so, like, you know, here's yeah. your 49th version of uh, of Darth Vader. Here's yeah. Darth Vader in white. Here's Darth Vader in green. Here's Darth Vader in, you know, they're going to make him like Rainbow, like they did with Batman. You know what I mean? So it's just. Yeah, they, they've run their course. They're not producing any interesting product to me. It's just, it's a bummer. Well, I, I think that can be really tied to, um, there hasn't been a movie in X number of years. Mm-hmm. And the last movie, I, I could honestly say, I don't think a movie's excited for any of the real characters to a large extent. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what's coming out in the horizon, it just feels like it's more niche these days. So, yeah. um, and a lot of the characters aren't as iconic that you, your little kids want to buy. So, right. um, and you know, things change. Yeah. True, true, true. Exactly. All right. What about you? My biggest disappointment was the <laughs> Frankenstein Transformer. This thing was dumb. Um, normally, I've been excited about their crossovers. I got the Dracula bat. That yeah. was kind of cool. It was fun because it was a Transformer turning into a bat. That kind of worked Worked for me as Dracula. Fun. What, what couldn't work? Oh, well, this... This Transformer is called Transformers Collaborative Universal Monsters, Frankenstein X Transformers, and his name is Frankentron, Charlie. It's right off the tongue. I love it. And, see, and, and you know what? I heard nothing about it, so obviously. No, and he looks bad, and you can barely tell it's Frankenstein, and then you look what he transforms into. He transforms, transforms into the dumbest-looking non-tank I've ever seen. Or it's a tank, but I'm like, what is this crap? Nobody wants this. You know, you want something that kind of 
makes you think of Frankenstein when he's not a Frankenstein. You, like, you, I don't know. You you had one job. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what it would be. I'm not oh that creative. God. Would it be like a a, a lightning table? Oh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't oh know what you do, goodness. but this was not it. It was dumb. Uh, yeah, I want a Wolfman. Give me a Wolfman that transforms into a big wolf. That works. Fantastic. Listen exactly. up. Listen up. I don't Has- ask for much. L- listen up, Hasbro. We're eating your lunch. All right. Well, let's move on. Yes. Now it's time for movies. So Ooh. once again, we do a top five new. We get to a new year, <clears throat> new to you favorite, and then the biggest disappointment so charlie we'll start at five all right five new i so we saw a movie last month uh not a genre film but something that really touched the heartstrings it was paul giamatti's the holdovers i talked about it on the show great uh flick set in the early 70s uh a, a kid who gets left uh left at the holidays at the boarding school he's at by his mother who has a new husband and uh paul giamatti is the embittered uh faculty member who has to look over him and several other kids and kind of the the heartstrings being plucked by all the things that happens there so i like that i like you know i like you know em- emotional stories at the core and things that make you feel and think and yeah so i really enjoy i enjoyed that one very much very very good i think it's streaming now too Probably. Yeah, it's been a couple of months. Wouldn't surprise me. So, yeah, go check nice. it out. So I have a I'm cheating a little bit. I have a tie for five because mm. I'm like, I was so torn. But that's I OK. It's appropriate. I, I have a tie for biggest disappointment. So we each get okay. a tie. OK, uh, so my top five uh, for my number five, it was tied. So uh, it, it's really it was hard for me to choose between these two. Uh, I, I guess the first number five was D&D Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Oh, yeah, totally. I was pleasantly surprised it was so fun yeah and it, you know it took took D and fantasy in a way that i wasn't expecting it worked on so many levels and a lot of people are really just loving this film so yeah. uh you know chris pine is is so fantastic i love I him like, he's yeah. so endearing he's fun one of the um, one, one of the few things you can enjoy about that those, those jj movies exactly <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I'm hoping this isn't the last we see of this franchise. Right. Same, same. I, I, I hope there's more. I really love it. Uh, and then that tied with John Wick 4. Now, I, I know you're not a fan of the series mm-hmm. or you mm-hmm. don't care, um, mm-hmm. but I loved how they tied this all together. They still, they went over the top. They did one of my favorite action sequences I've seen in a long time that felt like something I truly hadn't seen before. It was inspired and it's just a fun world that is so much more than i originally thought it was going to be when poor keanu's dog was killed uh and that it's just turned into this so i don't know if the series is over we're getting a spin-off movie we already got the continental which was like a precursor so there's more here because it's a cash cow for universal so we'll see what happens but really been very happy with john wick after i finally caught up to the to the franchise after you you wicked it, wicked it, wicked it, wicked it real wicked. good. It's been wicked. It's been wicked. Well, I loved it. It was funny. I just I shuffled things around a little bit. But my number four is Oppenheimer. What an epic uh, about the uh, you know and, and again much like the holdovers about the the highs and lows of uh, of emotion and this man's journey and what he went through and what he wanted to give the world and what it ended up being and uh, the twists and turns of fate that they got him there. So if you haven't seen it again, it's, it's, it's an epic by Christopher Nolan. I'm sure it's streaming. Where's it at now? Probably. Uh, I believe that was a universal film. Cause he's kind of like being the peacock. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Cause I mean, it's gotta be now it's been, I mean, Barbie's finally yeah, a max. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I don't know where it's stream. I mean, it would be Peacock would be the place for it. Um, although well, anyway, it's 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 probably out there, and it, you, and you probably saw it. But if you hadn't, it gets my recommendation. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I'll talk about that movie in a second. Yeah, uh, you bet. All right. Well, what's your number four then? Uh, Barbie. Uh, really, really, Barbie is a movie that, quite honestly. I wasn't sure what to expect. Mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be like a, maybe a Brady Bunch type of, you know, take on something <laughs> that was going to be all goofy. Yeah. And quite honestly, they did do goofy, but I think what they did was hit, hit the hallmarks of the franchise of Barbie mm-hmm. through her past, her history with yeah. some of the things, you know, but the inventive way of they, how they filmed it, what they did with it. Yeah. Um, and also hitting on some pretty, um, I, I, I guess some heady topics in regards to uh, feminism and the world of men and, you know, the patriarchy, the patriarchy, (laughs) having some and and, and incorporating music as well. All these things should not have worked. Right. They did. Right. I mean, it's 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 real movie magic, which we have not seen in. Well, we haven't seen this. I was talking about my uh, my son-in-law or my future son-in-law. So my my daughter's long term boyfriend was over for Christmas Day because my wife's family was here. And I said I talked to him about what you and I've talked about the four quadrants, you know, men and women. Uh, both above a certain age and below a certain age makes up the makes up the four quadrants. And Barbie was something that touched it the same way that Top Gun too touched it. You know, it was it was kind of something for everybody. It was you know an emotional story that you can enjoy. It was fun, um, and uh, it, and it had a message. Absolutely, so, yeah. And I think they nailed the casting. I think it, you know, um, and I'm glad it's getting recognition too. I mean, that's a, that's a big thing. It's going to be up for many, many Oscars this year, and I'm happy for it. And I'm glad it's on Max now because I think people will who maybe you know pshawed it uh, will right. finally see it and just enjoy it for what it is. Right. So number four, the patriarchy. Well, number three for me, and this deserves a rewatch because I'm 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 drifty on the details, but I know how much I loved it. Is Across the Spider Verse, um, being that you heard me talk about Spider Man, uh, you know, earlier in this segment. I have been a Spider fan since I was ten years old. I know a lot of stuff backwards and forwards, though it's impossible for anyone, in my opinion, to keep your arms around all sixty-two years of Spider Man. Um, I have been an enormous fan of uh, the Spider Verse concept since it really came in. To, to full realization with the, the miniseries in 2014. That was right around the time I was falling back into reading Spider-Man. And it was after that, that I completed my full read through of all the amazing Spider-Man using the Marvel limited app, which, Hey, Disney, if you want to throw us some money for that, that'd be great. Um, but I enjoyed it. But again, it's, it's, it's worth a rewatch. Um, it's bittersweet because I don't know when we're ever going to see the sequel. And this was part one of two. Um, it's not happening in 2024 and I doesn't really feel like it's happening in 2025. We just heard nothing. Uh, so, originally it was supposed to be 2024 was the same, yeah. which is crazy. But obviously we heard like there's issues with, you know, the work environment and things like that. So yeah. maybe 2025. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Charlie, I, I feel embarrassed. Um, I actually had a third tie for five cause I forgot this movie. So this would be there too. Damn it. Uh, I had to, I had to, I had to go through and look, but that's okay. All right. Well, what's your number three then? My number three is Oppenheimer. I mean, I don't want to say too much more, but I saw this in IMAX and it just blew me away. Yeah. The whole screen, the sound, uh, I was in a packed movie theater yeah. and, uh, people were just, I've not heard an audience that just was quiet the whole time there right. was no reaction from any because they were just like and it and it was just amazing and uh there was the, so much excellent use of sound and the lack of sound mm-hmm. and you know you should not 
feel a certain way after you leave this film. And that's, I think, intended. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think I hopefully everybody has a little more appreciation for, uh, I mean, how big of a deal it was to do what these people did. Yeah. And then the turn of events and how they were looked upon is just, just, just crazy. So yeah. And then then the performances, I mean, Robert, Robert Downey Jr. um, uh, We had some other actors in this as well. Alden, I, 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 Eidenreich. Yeah. Yeah. He was fantastic in a role. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's great. Florence, yeah, yeah Florence Pugh and Cillian Murphy, of course, is uh yeah. Uh Emily Blunt. Um yeah. yeah, yeah. No, everybody it was it was a it was a turn of a of an incredible performance. Absolutely was, so, yeah. 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 You know, Christopher Nolan, that dude, he can just, you know, tell a story about anything, really, whether yeah. it makes sense or not. And I still need to see Tanet. I haven't seen Tanet yet. I yeah. need to see it. Me neither. The, the, the Peloton clip you sent me about the lady losing her mind about that. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. His Peloton <laughs> instructor doesn't like him or his Oh movies. my God. Yeah. Uh, anyway. All right. My number two uh, is Guardians 3. You know, this yikes. was. Yeah. This was. Yikes. Yes. We'll talk about this together. Um, but this was the, for me, the one real bright spot in live action superhero cinema this year unless I'm totally forgetting something. Um, but yeah, but this was one, and this was one I did actually, I rewatched it recently cause I had, I had a little MCU, uh, burble where I was watching the movies again, uh, and just really enjoyed this again at the core and, and seeing, uh, how everyone's uh, journey culminated, came together. And then you saw the characters kind of go apart. their different ways, making it feel like this is, you know, truly a trilogy that had a satisfactory end when somebody didn't have to die, you know, for, for that to make it satisfactory. So, yeah, so I enjoyed that. And I, I I enjoyed, you know, the levity of, you know, Peter finally going home and, and you know, eating cereal at the breakfast table with his grandpa and bitching about. Why won't the they cut guy. their lawn? Yeah, the neighbor <laughs> guy won't cut his lawn and stuff. And it's just, you know, I lived in space. <laughs> and it's going to be like, he's going to be depressed in five years. He's like, oh, I don't have any marketable skills. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Yeah. He's going to be working at the Dairy Queen like he was in the, in the what if. <laughs> God, that's funny. No. Um, yeah, I I loved this movie. I thought it was great. It gets weird in certain ways. Mm-hmm. I thought the opening was awesome. And I love the fact that it was really Rocket's focus and the family he made and and the you know and and the um the villain was just really a horrible person. Oh yeah. And they got to beat the shit out of the the, the villain. I mean right. You know, the that, that's a that's was great. I, I really enjoyed it and I love it how it really is the end of the you know the that infinity saga and, and I think it that's that's a great way to end it. Um th- they aren't doing anything else since it, right, Charlie? It's it's done, right? They haven't made yeah. another movie since. I no, yeah, that was that was the and then yeah, Deadpool will be the next one. There you go. It's there just go. yeah, exactly. Don't exactly. it's just to- totally nutty. All right, number one, Charlie. Oh my goodness! Well, for me, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be Barbie, obviously, oh, okay. uh, because where else was I gonna put it? But yeah, for me, my, there's not much else to be said. But it did break through the barriers of the humdrum of what cinema has become in the superhero era of oh, a big superhero movie and three act this and that and the big blue sky hole at the end with the big CGI monster fight. Um, Barbie had nothing to do with any of that, uh, but it did tell a fun story. Um, and, and I've always enjoyed social commentary. I'm a Star Trek guy. That's what Star Trek is based upon. Um, and, and Barbie really put it out there, but they did it in a way that it was heavy, but it wasn't so heavy that you were like, all right, well, you just, you know, you don't need to, you know, 
spoon feed it to me and then stick the spoon in my ear. You know what I mean? Um, So they did it in a way that respected the audience, but educated the audience at the same time. And and people responded. I just, I absolutely dug it. Absolutely dug it. Absolutely. Great movie. Um, For me, it's a recent movie, which is just so weird. I didn't want to be a recency bias, but I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? It's this movie. It's Godzilla minus one. I mean, oh, wow. I, I, I don't know why, but I think it's because it took something. I had certain, con, you know, uh, conceptions of Godzilla mm-hmm. and what we've seen. Mm-hmm. And this movie played it so differently that it was barely a monster movie. It was essentially a human story with a, uh, a, a problem. This could have been anything other than Godzilla and still work. But I think the fact that I had Godzilla in it and the fact that this is a force of nature that people just don't understand why it's happening, Mm -hmm. but they have to deal with it. And and, and just some of the human issues that I dealt with and the fact that they did it for $15 million blows me away. Right. Wonderful. It's not a guy in a suit. And uh, it just makes me think, I hope people took note of this film and how it was done and they apply it to, movies and the genre and things like that so movies can be successful and not have to make a billion dollars right exactly or cost a billion dollars exactly oh yeah. my goodness all right well we move on to the new to you favorite i'll go first and todd i 100 owe this to you um ironically speaking the new to you film that i enjoyed the most in 2023 was Streets of Fire that we talked I think about. Back people under the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, you know, and what I loved about Streets of Fire is the soundtrack, which yeah. uh, which I jam to uh, on a weekly basis. It's all over my my Amazon Prime account. Um, you know, I love Walter Hill. I love you know what came before it with the Warriors. Um, I did find out that that great introductory song that uh, nowhere fast was not only it was it was co-written by uh brian adams i found out but oh, really? Me- meatloaf did have his own version of it that came out the same year what oh, yeah i know God. well Perfect. i get that because it's part of the notes it did of, feel like it yeah. did feel because it was, was, Jim Steinen, it was right? written by Steinen, right but yeah. no yeah. i did uh it, it's a part of the uh liner or the x-ray notes that play because uh, it's on my the uh, yeah, playlist Brian, i listen right? to when i bike yeah. uh and i was I, I caught that i'm like really meatloaf did his own version i gotta hear it because it yeah it totally feels like him but yeah i enjoyed that movie it's it's no piece of great cinema but no. it was it was it was tons of fun and it was I, a great time piece is the best yeah. way to call it and i loved it yeah it was it, I mean, was, it was i, I loved it when i say i enjoyed the experience it was the that. 80s and the 50s and the 80s it was good stuff all right how about you um so mine was rrr it's that movie on netflix where it was a big indian film right and this was a, a just a movie that it's essentially the story of two warring factions within india you know the 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 the, the 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 rule of England and and Indian uh, officers in it that basically are part of the um, the Queen's army that are there occupying Ingl- uh, India and then you've got the people that are uh, essentially trying to break through and I loved it because it was just such a cool take on it it wasn't the typical American like oh you know I'm going to be a Rambo I'm going to do this it was it had a a, a smile to it it had uh, had serious tones but also it just didn't take it too seriously. It won the Oscar song of the year and it was just joyous where they did a dance off. And, and it was they just, said, and they just, it was just R R R R R Exactly. It was a pirate film. No, uh, R uh, three R's. Don't ask me what the R's stand for. I don't remember, but reading, writing thought, and arithmetic. I just love the fact that we're getting more influence in 
you know, foreign cinema into the U.S. cinema and the fact that they did so well. I'm loving it because, you know, somebody's going to take an example and say, that movie inspired me and they're going to do something cool. So RRR, loved it. It's awesome. He punched a tiger, Charlie. I'm loving it. It's just like the Punisher punching a polar bear. Okay. Biggest disappointment. This was my tie. Uh, my tie, uh, yeah, I'll have one of those. Um, was is not surprising. It was uh, the Flash because of mm-hmm. I thought that uh, Michael Keaton's Batman, the hero of our youth, was going to come along and make it fantastic, and it was just meh. And it mm-hmm. showed people didn't care. And uh, no surprise, Wait, you didn't like Batman in a uh, a old bathrobe making breakfast. I mean, I mean, kind of, I mean, I would, I would have breakfast served by old Batman and then of no surprise, uh, Indiana Jones five, you know, I, uh, I, I didn't want it. I got enthusiastic when I saw a trailer, I got enthusiastic when there was a toy line and then it just crashed and burned at the box office. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, that was, that was hard for me. That was hard for me because Indiana Jones is second to none one of my first cinematic loves right behind star wars from my youth um very special to me and it just should have it should have rode off into the sunset at the end of the last crusade which is literally what the characters did it just should it just should have been a trilogy and just stayed there um but the the ever-present uh call of the cash cow brought it back and uh this put a put a bullet in it for all time just don't think it was necessary i just wish it hadn't happened It's a shame. You know, it's always what I thought of. I always, it's like the what if. What if Lucas continued to make Star Wars versus leaving the franchise forever? And what if Spielberg and Lucas continued to make Indiana Jones films? Throughout the the 90s, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I feel like we would get more of those type of films, like The Last Crusade, versus where we got, where I feel like they just were kind of almost beyond the material. Yeah. And they didn't know how to approach it anymore. Right, exactly. So that that yeah. is what we ended up it's with. A shame. So, all right, how about you? Take take us home before we move on to TV. So so this isn't a huge disappointment, but it is more of like what could have been. And uh, the movie is the last voyage of the Demeter. Oh yeah, um, Dracula on a boat, as they like to call yeah, it. Yeah, Dracula on a boat. And I'm like, this could have a lot of promise. And they could do a lot of cool things with it. And I think where they were going is setting it up for something that maybe is cool. But this one was by the numbers to a large it, extent, and that was. Was it a big start your engines like they're trying to be like, we're going to start a franchise? I kind of feel like is where they end it, it is set up for something more. And I just felt like based on the cast and all the setting, I thought, oh, they could do a lot with this. And it just kind of was uh, much ado about nothing. It kind of reminds me of that, uh, remember that Van Helsing film with Uh, Jackman? Good Lord. (laughs) Van Helsing! Something big! Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, like, Yeah. like how they tried to start something at the end of Ghostbusters 2016, right? Yeah, 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 but I will say this: this if if you're, it's a curiosity. I would watch for five bucks, rent it. I think yeah. you may enjoy it. Yeah. But for me, it was like, oh, all the setup led to essentially nothing. Oh, Not well. happening. All right, let's get into the world of television. We each have five. I, I moved mine around because I thought, oh, I should actually have them in some kind of order. Uh, but I'll kick it off. Uh, my number five, uh, and it, I guess it wasn't strictly new, uh, but it had a new season. Um, it's close so enough. It'll be an ongoing, Charlie. Well, I suppose, but it, but I, I I almost think that it all came out in 2023. I, I could be wrong. Okay. Um, but it was it was an Australian show with Josh Gad and uh, bu- 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 the young lady called Wolf Like Me. Is she- Fisher? 
Yeah, Esla Fisher, there you go. Where she, uh, you know, the two of them have a meet cute because they have a car accident. Um, and, you know, they start to get to really like each other, but she is a werewolf. She has a panic room. She's got to lock herself in. when that in. happens. Yep, got to lock herself in this panic room. And, you know, it takes a while for her secret to finally come out. Um, and transitioning from the first season to the next season, uh, you know, they he gets her pregnant she's having a baby you don't know how that's gonna work out and then the second season ends on a cliffhanger when she delivers the baby and what is the baby and what is she what's it gonna be like like? the v baby where it's a little it is not the it's not a little pup it's not doesn't come out a lizard um but anyway it was it was fun it was heartfelt um, and I really enjoyed it, but yeah, it was oh, one okay. of those that thank you. You know, it's one of those, I guess something I do enjoy in the streaming world is that you'll just get a show kind of thrown at you. I hate mm-hmm. preview clips where they're like, look at this new thing. But if you're scrolling through, you see what I mean? Um, but if you're scrolling through and you're like, oh, there's a show with an actor I know, why don't I click on it? And that's how you can discover things. I like that. If As you enjoyed a, this, you might yes, enjoy this. I, I, I appreciate that. I don't appreciate having a preview clip shoved up my ass, pardon my French, because that's the that's why I always turn off auto previews on every streamer I use, because I don't need my thing to start yelling at me. Blah, 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 watch this show. It's just that's just not my thing. Just keep it. But how will they reach you, Charlie? That's really what they're saying. You how know, else will we reach you? <laughs> you gotta you gotta keep it casual. So, all right, what's your number five? Uh, my number five is Gen V. Uh, I mean, this was a huge surprise that it actually worked. Um, This could have been horrible and just been like, oh, it's a one off. And I love the melding of the uh, the boys universe. Now we've had the diabolical, which was a animated like spinoff stories of different characters, which I really enjoyed. And uh, Charlie, if you've not watched it, I I recommend it. You know, in the gaps, we don't have more heroes or we don't have more of the boys. And Gen V just really. Uh, nailed some aspects of characters I think that were in the boys graphic novels in the later years. Mm-hmm. But uh, this was just basically saying uh, this is how the heroes are kind of trained and brought up and uh, just really surprising. I love the cast. I like what they're doing and where it's ending. All and right. When we get another season, I don't know, but I'm in. Yeah. Sign it up. Um, my number four is not super exciting, uh, but it's a new version of Frasier on Paramount Plus. <laughs> it's kind of a run-of-the-mill sitcom-y kind of situation, but from the first episode in particular, it was very heartfelt. I didn't I wasn't someone who followed, you know, Frasier all the way through, but I've seen plenty of episodes. It's on for 11 years, so I've seen bits and pieces. We had to turn around and watch the last couple just so we know where things ended up and it takes place in real time, so it's a real gap of 20 something years. Um but the series kicks off with John Mahoney's character uh, in the show having passed away while the actor did pass away back in 2018 and you know uh, Frazier's son uh, Freddie is an adult now and dealing with kind of those uh, those emotions so very very kind of you know touching the core father son stuff really touches a core for me because of my relationship with my kids my relationship with my dad much like any other guy out there there's a lot of ups and downs um, so that really kind of spoke to me the rest of it again it ran for 10 episodes is very sitcom you know situation of the week like oh you know I, I'm at this party and I got to get out of here or i you know blah 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 this thing or that thing or lilith shows up or raj shows up which was that the episode where Lilith showed up was actually pretty fun i'm um, slowly catching up so i, yeah. I am curious to see I, I i do i'm so frustrated that niles isn't involved but we obviously yeah. stand with his son yeah who i think is fun and engaging yeah. so i, I like yeah. i like his his son yeah, I, I would love it if David Hyde Pierce maybe changed his tune if the show is ongoing, but you never he know. May. He, he may, may money. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, he made money. He made money. All right. <laughs> what what's your number four? Um, this one I wasn't sure what to expect, and that is Scott Pilgrim takes off. This is on Netflix. Scott Pilgrim, anime. what does uh, he take off? Put your clothes back on, Scott. Uh yes, that kind of show. It. It's, it's it's all graphic uh, hentai. Yeah, okay. everybody loves it. Uh, um, but yeah, Scott Pilgrim takes off. It's like they decided that they are going to say, "Hey, you've seen these versions of Scott Pilgrim with the book and the movie. We're going to take a different approach to this." still kind of cover the bases, but do something, take a side detour, which I absolutely loved. It was almost like an alternate what if version of Scott Pilgrim, which I thought was totally ingenious. Um, I know some people would be kind of pissed off if they find out like Scott Pilgrim is only in half of this. And that's a surprise. And I was not excited about that first, but I'm like, then I got to what they were going for. Loved it. I, I would love to see, uh, more versions of this where they take something tried and true and they take a tweak on it. Kind of just yeah. like how you take a book and then you make the movie a little bit different, like misery is yeah. always one of my favorite comparisons. I love both, but they're yeah. different. Uh, same thing here. Love it. Yeah. I love the fact that they got the voice cast back. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was neat and interesting. And um, I, I don't know if we're going to get any, anything more because essentially told its tale and I think we're done, yeah. but um, by all means make more things like this. Right. And I'm in. Right. Cool. Uh, for number three, and th- this one was a bummer beca- for a couple different reasons. Uh, number one, it, it disproved my dislike of Netflix because it was on Netflix. And number two, it was like 10 parts. And April and I watched like the first f- six of them. And then I had to go to Dallas for a week for work. So I couldn't see the last four parts. And that was a House of Usher. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. And of course, it was it was in October. So it was yeah. super intense. Uh, but telling of uh, essentially a packed with the devil played by one of the most beautiful women in the world, always been on my hall pass list. That would be uh, Carla uh, Giacconi. Oh my god, Lou McClanahan. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Oh, sorry. Shh. Shh. Quiet. Um, but anyway, she is. Sorry about the spoiler. She's the devil, and it tells the story of uh, from in from two different perspectives of uh, a brother and a sister duo in the seventies, uh, and then flashing forward uh, to present day, where they're played by actor Bruce, Bruce Greenwood as the brother, and then then uh, Mary McDonald as the sister, and they're evil as shit. And they're oh, five, yeah. they're five kids, or his five kids, um, because he's he is a man whore, and he has five kids from five different ethnicities, five different mothers. Oh no, uh, four different mothers, and yeah. uh, the kids are all a total mess. Um, and did you you watch the whole show, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh I God. could not stop. I know. Well, that was just the thing I had to. I didn't have any choice. I couldn't watch it on my own because I was out of town. Um, but yeah, very satisfying uh, conclusion uh, that the, uh, the the bill always comes due. So uh, yeah, that one that is on Netflix, isn't it? If I remember correctly. It is on Netflix yeah. and it's by uh, uh, blinking on his name, but he is really generating yeah. some amazing horror pieces yeah uh, it was the house of was it bly manor and also yeah, yeah. the house on haunted hill yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 house okay. yeah yeah. Hill House. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But it, we yeah. also did another one that was like inspired uh with kids. It was like talking with Deb with the kids. I, I watched some of the ones where it was like more it was a little bit more PG yeah. team, but it was with kids that were terminal and they didn't realize they were all dead. Oh, so God. I enjoyed that one too. Uh, it was God. really good. Yeah. It's yeah. dark. All right. Yeah. All right. What do you uh, got? So yeah, what do you got? It's really hard because I feel like my top three could all be like the order doesn't really matter, but yeah. I will go into it. I did, uh, yeah, so, I did some shuffling too. Yeah, I got so you. my number three was once again something new. Blue Eye Samurai. I 
was blown away by this show on Netflix. It's an it's an American anime. Blue eyes. Uh, it's in written the by uh, it's written by a female Asian female woman and or makes sense. An Asian, Asian female, female woman, woman. Doctor Quinn, medicine woman. Yeah, and and the the animation studio they've been using, I think it's the same one that does um, Arcane. It's really wonderful. It's not your traditional yeah. anime from because it's an American animated series, and they'd say anime, but I don't really feel it was was anime. Um, it's amazing. It's really just the story about a girl in Japan who um, is essentially uh, four Americans who are up to no good came to Japan, essentially flesh traders, drug dealer, things like that. Came into Japan in like the 1800s when Japan had closed its borders, and they essentially made some offspring and that's why she's the blue eye samurai oh boy. she's half japan japanese and half uh, so english so she is uh buckaroo bonsai cuz that's, that's, yes, that's yes. what he was yeah and uh it's really just a it starts off as a revenge tale and yeah. i really like that but it grows and it's got great voice talent uh mingna wen is in this it's got oh, nice. uh, the the guy who played hero in heroes um and and it's it's amazing uh i really enjoy the story even um Russell Brand? No, the who played the agent in um in uh, uh in in Ant Man, the close magic. Oh, uh, uh, Rand- Rand- Randall Park. Randall Park. So he is also a voice actor, and he's phenomenal too. Yeah. Um. So I just loved it, and it's already been a uh uh, and and then the season one is phenomenal, but it's building, and you see where it's going. So they are approved for a. It's been um uh, uh greenlit for a season two. And I cannot wait. I am. Excellent. I was just all in on this show. The the fighting sequences, Charlie, are amazing. And they showed like real people like doing the fight scene in advance and they compared it to it. It's just everybody. Ah. Everybody was Kung Fu fighting. I love, love it. it. Cool. Love it. Number two. And Todd, I still have to get you to watch this over on Amazon Prime. Uh, but we caught this just as we were getting off of the cruise and we were in L.A. But it's Daisy Jones in the six. Uh, which is a, uh, a a take on a, a band that blossoms in the mid to late seventies in LA. So it was kind of cool to be watching it, being in being in that part of the environment, and also taking the bus tour and seeing. Uh, it's something really cool about Southern California is all the billboards of shows that are on. Like, and I remember seeing that one. But it's basically it's 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 almost famous uh, bled into the story of Fleetwood Mac, kind of about this ingenue and this uh, this you know band of brothers from the east that they all come together and the loathing that the the lead singer and the lead guitarist and the writer have for each other that transmogrifies into a will they won't they and. And uh, they, they achieve status with the biggest band in the world, and then it all falls apart. And it's just, yeah. And it, this introduced me to the Amazon schedule of release three, then release one, then release two, then release three, which is, they haven't done that with Reacher, which is the other show that's going on, because they had three, and now it's been one a week, which is not a bad pace. Um, but uh, I, I almost wish it would have come out a little slower, because I loved it so much. And again, a soundtrack that I have burned and of course because it's from amazon prime it was they not only had albums but they had a soundtrack to each episode with bonus tracks and all this different stuff so um yeah todd check it out i know you i know you're not the biggest music guy in the world but i think that you would enjoy it. well I, I like music i just don't know if i'm excited about a pseudo faux documentary about a band that didn't exist pseudo faux documentary you mean like the like well you love that thing you do didn't you that's one of my favorite i did movies. but that was a movie and it was two hours long 
Well, uh, okay. All right. Or I, I, yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Behind the music for eight hours. I don't know about that. I don't know. It's, well, you know what? It, it is a little bit too similar. But all right. All right. Fine, fine, fine. All right. What's your number two? It's okay. No, no. That's great. I know you've talked about it. It's awesome mm. that it's out there for people. That I, I have a shirt. <laughs> you have a shirt. Have a shirt. <laughs> it exists. April, I bo- um, we both bought shirts more than when we were in LA. Because once nerds. again, like I said, my top three could have been in any order because they're all yeah. awesome. And that is The Last of Us. Oh, my goodness. So good. Uh, You know, it takes what we know about the game and builds on things, subtracts some things and delivers a full season based on the the video game. Um, And I liked how it incorporated everything. The characters were great picks and um, had some touching moments. I don't know if you just saw it, Charlie. Nick Offerman won an Emmy for his role. Really? That one episode. Yes. Wow. Um, It was it hit on so many notes and I love it. And, uh, I don't know when we're going to get more. I think it's coming in 2025 is where we're going to get another season, but, uh, it may go up to three seasons. I don't know if it can do more than that, but if it does, I don't be okay. Cause I think I trust the showrunners. The love thing, it. the thing is we're going to keep this party rolling. Cause that is my number one. And I just watched, Ooh. I just watched it this weekend Ooh, because nice. right after seeing the movie I talked about uh, earlier in our show, the, uh, whichever I already forget the name of it. Oh, leave the world behind. You know, it's a disaster movie. Did so you need I, me a pick? Did you need to pick me up? Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. Yeah. So no, but I thought, you know, and I want to see more shit about human misery and the world coming to an end. Not that I'm spoiling that movie for you, dear listener. Um, but, uh, I, I said to April and maybe I, it was either last night or Friday night. I said, I think I'd love to watch the last, the, the last of us again. She said, absolutely. Let's do it right now. Um, it's nine episodes, so you can knock it out in a weekend. It's not a big deal. And oh my God, just every aspect of misery and, and the depth of human cruelty of how, not only how we treat each other, uh, in the worst of times, but seeing, Joel's character is someone who lost everything that meant to him. Then we jump forward and he's had 20 years of nothing but that. And he's shoveling shit in Boston and, uh, you know, barely eking out any kind of, uh, uh, love relationship with the, the woman who's been by his side as we found out they've been together for a long time. Um, but even she says, you know, I just, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I know you can't love me back because you just, he's so broken. And then this, this girl comes into his life and it's just, you're a cargo, you're nothing to me. And by the end of it, he murders a hospital full of people to save her life. Just like Jack Bauer and he makes Jack Bauer and Jack Reacher look like a couple of effing pussies. He is, he's the scariest guy on TV. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, oh and that's, that's the conversation that we have. Cause I, cause Charlie imagine playing in the game and you have to actually do those things. Yeah. That's the thing where it's like, it's putting the episode like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it, but I have to, cause I got to see where this is going. Yeah, right. Um, and the fact that, um, they nailed this mm-hmm. and I couldn't think they, I, I didn't think they could. And also they layered in pieces that were not really covered in the game. Yeah, the whole they were like hinted at the whole bill and Frank story was, that was an original piece, wasn't it? Because well, it in was, the game you walked into the, Hey, we got to their house, but you know, they, 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 they're both dead. You run into Frank, you don't know what's happened. He mentioned someone and that's about it. And then you find little documents and things like that. Yeah. Um, in the game, you don't know how this all thing occurred. And we find out like it was because of a flower, contamination oh okay which, which with those intros which i thought was a, a good addition mm-hmm. and um yeah i am i mean and it just makes you think with joel it's like wow uh think of everything joel did as a selfish person for love mm-hmm. and you know how 
I don't know how he lives with himself. And that's where the second game just like it, it deals with all of that, which is amazing. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see because that game has so many gut punches. And mm-hmm. if they can bring that to the series, Charlie, you may need to, you may need to, may need to talk to someone after. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, here for you. Yeah, it'd be a big intervention. <laughs> I have to talk about my feelings, but that yeah. is by far now one of my favorite series of, of probably of all time, just because of how it, yeah, touches the heart because that kind of stuff means a lot yeah. to me. Um, so yeah, all right. Well, what's your number one then? Well, it's kind of a flip flop because I had the fall of the House of Usher at number one. Oh, okay. Um, so you've already talked about it. I I couldn't uh, agree more. Um, the fact that they took a full series, a story about the Usher family, where they started, the 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 the, the, the loops back to how this family started, and you know their beginning, and, and you know kind of feeling feeling so compassionate for them and how they changed over the years. And then also having every episode being a separate uh, Edgar Allan Poe story. Right. Which I thought was genius. And it was amazing. It was horrific and riveting. And there's so many moments in that thing that I just think of like, oh my God, Uh, I think of don't have a mirror in your bed. I think of don't have an ape. Uh, don't uh, okay. Don't assume there's water in a tank. Yeah, uh, I it's mean, not acid. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. You know, don't uh, be don't be a Cylon who gets bricked in behind a wall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just makes me think of like we get the American Horror Story thing like that. Yeah. I thought this was so intelligent, so well done. The I couldn't stop watching it. The acting was amazing. Yeah, and it's so funny because you're a fan of Reacher, and it was funny that the flashbacks of Reacher. Oh yeah, it was the uh, young investigator. Yeah, is the 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 cop uh that what the chief in richard's in richard season one. Oh right well and the uh young lady was the sheriff the one who played uh that's right i couldn't yeah. figure i'm like oh God, i had is. well because we watched richard yeah. season one again after starting reacher yeah. now and i'm like why is she so familiar oh she was in the house usher because she was a young mary mcdonald's character yeah yeah, yeah exactly and, and I, I do worry that like horror often will not get lauded because of people like awarding awards and things like that yeah. because it's horror. Oh my God, it's horror. Oh, like, but doesn't mean that people are acting less or they're right. not trying hard. And in a lot right. of ways they're acting a lot because those are some severe situations. Right. So, well, it's um, all, yeah, it's all about the performance. So, Oh, okay. So favorite ongoing series. And this was a series that came to an end. We talked about it earlier was, oh, no. was Star Trek Picard. Oh, or different. Okay. I was worried. I'm like, oh, yeah. we're going to be on the same page. Oh, no. Yeah. But yeah, no, Star Trek Picard. And again, I mentioned this was a series uh, that stumbled uh, during its first two seasons, uh, having some bright spots in the first season, having a very dismal second season that made no sense of any kind, and then finally giving everybody what they really wanted, which was a proper send off to the Magnificent Seven, the characters of Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, and um, it's funny. I have often, we talked about obviously ad nauseum when it was on, on Code 47. And I said, you could very easily skip the first two seasons with a three minute YouTube video and just start season three and think this was the greatest one season revival I've ever seen. And that's really the way it should have been. But uh, yeah, no, I was, um, I was really thrilled and I really wanted to, you know, they put such a button on it to the end, which is why I don't have a lot of enthusiasm for Patrick Stewart reprising the role, but what, what, what's going to be is what's going to be. Everyone loves a redemption arc and I'm glad I got it. Yeah. Big time. Kudos. Yeah. Excellent. Um, uh, mine was Ted Lasso season three. Oh, um, that's why I said a season a series ending. And I'm like, Oh, oh no, because that was my favorite. That was my favorite new to me. 
because uh, okay. I resisted Ted That's Lasso right. for so you, long you, 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 because you, you binged. You guys were all, oh, you're going to love it. And I'm like, I, I just don't. I watched the first couple and meh, meh, meh. But then you guys kept, you, you and Mark kept knobbing away at it. And then, yeah, I finally gave it a stab and we were sucked in. But anyway, go ahead. Yes. Uh, Ted Lasso season three. I know some people say it's not like the best season. I totally get it. But what I loved about season three was it fully developed other characters, got to say more of their story because Ted, you know, has gotten a lot of the, the limelight. So, you know, Coach Beard and so did, you know, uh, some of the other characters. So I felt like this season finally dealt with really, truly dealt with Ted's demons, but it also gave people um, more depth to their characters like Hannah Waddington finally coming to terms with, you know, Rupert and also uh, establishing a new, you know, relationship and uh, Ted dealing with his dad finally, which and his mom, which was great. Uh, yeah. I, I loved it. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm so glad if I, I get nothing else, I'm fine with Ted. I worry that I think more Ted could be bad, but I also could see a spinoff of somebody in this show that is unexpected that could be awesome like a Frasier coming from Cheers. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Yeah, and no news on that because it happened in the strike ended. No, and yeah. they're saying, oh, I don't think it's really, I'm like, I don't see yeah. Ted going to like, what is Ted going to go to? The world of lacrosse? <laughs> the world of, he's going to be, is it tennis? There you go. Yeah. Exactly. And so, yeah, my, my, my favorite new to me was Ted Lasso again. You know, as I said, I kind of, I, I buckled like a belt. I finally watched it and the heart and the show of, of it, or the, the heart and the soul of the show <clears throat> is Ted and, and his love for his son and being apart from his son. And, and then finally seeing how wonderful it was that he got to go back and he got to resume his life again and, and be with his son and, and just everything that he did, just the very unflappable Ted. Um, for everything that he went through. And I've been through a lot of that stuff myself. I've been through way worse than that kind of stuff. And I'd like to think I'm somebody who always keeps my head up. So I guess I really identify with Ted, though I'm not quite, I'm very chipper, but not quite as chipper as Ted, because who really could be? Um, but I, I really, I, uh, I really, uh, you know, relate to Ted. He really kind of spoke to me as a character. So yeah, I love the show. Yeah. Once, once, I, once I finally opened my heart to it, I, I really loved it. Yeah, because I know the the type of person you are. I'm like, this should speak to you, but uh, yeah. I totally get it. Sometimes, just it's not it's it's just not the right time. Or it's not, they, it's, it's 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 the hot thing, so it's like, oh, I don't care. yeah, I yeah. Everybody's telling shut me up, watching, shut up, please know. leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, all right, yeah. we'll jump in, into a biggest. Oh, uh, no, oh we talk about my new to me. Oh my! Oh yeah, you're right. We danced around that. Sorry. Circle back. Go ahead. Uh, my favorite new to me was the bear season one. I still watch season two. This is a show I was, I, I think I've talked about this before. There's sometimes shows you're just as, you know, you're, you're almost like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. Should I watch it? I don't know. I'm like a little intimidated by it. And, you know, I heard like, it's a very anxiety ridden show. I don't it's, need more it's, anxiety it's, in my life. It's because of that bear. That's why you're so <laughs> exactly the bear that's in the cage. <laughs> right no, uh, I'm in a restaurant. Yeah, I don't like bear. Chicago deep dish. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's it's uh, bear. No. It's Chicago deep dish bear. <laughs> but I'm a big fan of cooking shows and, 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 and just a high cuisine and learning about these things. But knowing what the show was about, and I'm like, I don't know if I could handle the stress of the show. Very and once I got into it, I'm like, I love the show. It did so much right. It kind of was dealing with so much, but brought it into a way that always came back to food and the the, the relationships with making great food and the, the barriers between different people. The barriers. 
Exactly. Uh, and the people, that, the, the different barriers that people had to accepting change in their lives and moving on. And I feel like that's what was amazing. And that final episode was like, I did not expect that. And I'm yeah. excited to see where this goes. So Big the time. bear, uh, definitely, if you want something about food, Chicago, a family, a restaurant and surviving through loss, it's there for you. It's there for you. Okay. I'm out of sequence. Now. Are we on to the last one? Biggest disappointment, Charlie. Biggest disappointment. All right. Well, I'll go then. We'll flippity flop. This one is no big surprise. Secret invasion. You know, Ooh. it was the, uh, you know, if, if you never think that you can't get below the basement and how bad something is, take a look at secret invasion. You know, it was, um, you know, secret invasion. Again, this was on the comic side of it, uh, was, during a time when I was not reading so intently, but it was a great concept. You know, a ship lands in the, in the savage land, it cracks open. We found out all these heroes that we, you know, thought we knew had died or whatever, went on a different phase. We're really, they were scrolls all along. And then here's the real people that are back. Um, this, you know, took elements of, Captain Marvel and the scrolls. And then it was taking Nick Fury as a character in his background. And sad just, Nick Fury. Come on, Charlie. Everybody loves sad Nick Fury. Sad and bloated Nick Fury just gave us a giant friggin' mess of nothing. And then the last episode with the CGI punchy punch fest and, and the most powerful character in the MCU now. Yeah, exa- who is now who just probably flew with like Poochie flew off to her home planet, um, and, and such a waste of Amelia Clark, who's a fantastic actress and has had so many great uh, roles under her belt. Um, this is a Marvel killed project. Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, killed off. Yeah, killed off Maria Hill. Uh, you know, and uh, this has been a project that anyone who I know who enjoys Marvel has reviled. It's it's universally hated as far as I know. So. Boo on Marvel for giving well, good us good thing it only cost like three hundred million dollars. And exactly right, it was bloated. It was bloated and wasteful and bad. Um, so it was it was something that I hope has changed attitudes for the better. Uh, that like, hey, we can't do things like this because everybody hates it and we wasted a ton of money and we lost our ass. So let it be. You know, it, let it be one of these. And what did we learn? Kind of moments for the Marvel people. We shall see. We shall see. Yeah, that one was uh, definitely uh, a disappointment to me, but not my biggest disappointment. Mm. Uh, my biggest disappointment was Mandalorian season three. Oh, that was my original. I would almost call it a tie. I would almost call it a tie. So I'm with yeah. you. Yeah, it's it's a challenge because the Mandalorian is my favorite thing to come from. You know, this new era of Star Wars that we've got. It started so strong. Season two, obviously. Uh, you know, creating a new character and then bringing in pieces where I felt like, oh, anyone can jump in, enjoy it. And they don't have to feel like, right. oh, I have to be a big fan of Star Wars proper to right. and all the references. Like the accessibility of the MCU in the first, you know, in, in the in, in the Infinity Saga. Everybody could get on board. It was successful. It was fun. Yeah. Um, I just felt like the season three just had, oh, Filoni said, like, you know what? I need to make this all mine all those characters that I created in Clone Wars and Rebels, they're all in now. Come on we're in. All going in. The door is exactly. Open. Does it, it kind of remind you of that spoof from The Simpsons where they're spoofing the uh, the Capitol steps and the uh, they're like, all right, the door's open, boys. Come on in. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. So I, I feel like there was a, 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 a certain amount of uh, opportunity that they could have just held back and just really focused on 
the simpler, smaller story, not the end of the universe. Yeah. And, and really clung on to it with, with, with Grogu and things like that. And I just felt like they couldn't help themselves. They felt like, yeah. well, God, it's got to connect to everything else. It's got to be the bigger thing. So we're going to have like 85 series in a movie that's coming on the movie. And this is just going to be part of it. And I felt like, yeah. wow, that's just too much to put on a series that was doing quite well on its own. And then it just had to be dragged into everything else. Because I think it's like, if it yeah. doesn't connect to everything, what's the point? I'm like, Right. I think you missed the point. The point is to tell good stories first and right. not to have more franchises and series and plot that's yeah. Ju- again, just like the MCU. And it was it was endemic in between Manda, and I've said it to many people. I said, when you end with Luke Skywalker tearing through a bunch of droids and then carrying Grogu off and we're all crying because they split up, where the hell do you go from there? Well, apparently you take a side trip into breaking up Boba Fett's show, which was already awful, and undoing all of the beauty of Grogu embracing his destiny and going off to be a Jedi. And go so back that, to essentially where and, you left off. And go back to where you left off. So you make everything that happened uh, in the first two seasons kind of null and void. The sacrifice, right? Yeah. And then you yeah. tell a series of lackluster, boring stories about Mandalorian this, and then we went over here Touching and did the this waters thing. of Lake Minnetonka. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fortunately, nobody took their top off, you know? Uh, and it was just it, it, there was just nothing about it that worked. It just dragged ass. And again, I know it's sacrilege because I do a Star Wars show with our partner, Mark. Um, but it, Star Wars is at a crossroads where they just got to turn around and do something great again. Ahsoka tilted back in a better direction. Yeah, but I, but it wasn't enough for me to put on, on one of these lists. But still, yeah, I, I agree with you. I just... It w- and, the, and then at the end of the show was like, and now I'm putting my feet up and Grogu's using the force to play with frogs and we're going to, I'm going to retire or whatever until he gets called on to be. Well, yeah, yeah it's like unforgiven and he yeah. has to, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm out of practice. I can't shoot anything. Yeah, I'll right. come back and help you yeah. take down Thrawn and yeah. Yay. Cause yeah. you know, Thrawn's a big threat. Cause obviously he still exists in the sequel saga. Oh wait, he doesn't. Oh Yeah. <laughs> So I guess, uh, does he get lost in the unknown regions again? Yeah. Well, exactly. this is, we'll find out why he doesn't exist because they took yeah, him right. down. Exactly. Yeah. The same way we'll find out why Lobot's not around so, anymore. Sorry. Sorry to Star Wars. Fans. I know you love it. It's just for yeah. me, it's, it's, it's kind of like where we're at with Star Wars. Now I feel like we've kind of come full circle back to, yeah. um, what we're going to get more of now that Filoni's in charge. We've gone 360 degrees and we're standing in the same place again. Exactly. <laughs> oh I'm dizzy. my goodness. So let's call this an end to I'm, the 10th anniversary of the Friendies. Yes. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, and if you had, uh, if you didn't get to tell us, let us know. Yeah, please. We'll, you know, we'll be back. We'll, you know, we're excited about 2024 and what's going to be on our next friendies list and winners you better believe it all right and this wow king-sized episode of the show over two hours that's more for us but friends uh as always thank you for joining us todd where do people find you out there they find me at on threads at uh t oxtra and at secret friends unite twitter at secret friends you and t extra on twitter very nice uh i can uh primarily be found on instagram and threads c3 carpenter spell it out uh i'm also heavy duty on our secret friends unite discord but my main jam uh is that my lovely wife april and i do run the uss grand petoskey it's one of the biggest chapters of the international star trek fan club in the world we are based here in west michigan uh but i have the privilege of running region 13 which is michigan and eastern canada we have chapters popping up all over the place if you live in one of those 
places, or if you live anywhere else, please visit sfi.org or our Grand Petoskey website uh, and drop a line. I'm happy to help connect you with Trekkers in your neck of the woods. With that, friends, thank you for tuning in for 10 whole years to us here at Secret Friends Unite. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. Get Grogu's name out of your mouth. Slap. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.